Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Oh, this is Top 40 with Kalishnikov Bullets in Moscow. This is the hit of the casinos in the seven towers of Stalin that exists. If you've ever been to Moscow, as I've been later on, we're certainly going to get into all of that. But I heard and the broadcast, I got to start sitting shiver for the passing of the man who was responsible for entomments. Starting in Brooklyn, how many of your days started with either the old butter loaf cake or the Entenmann's New York crumb cake or the little bite snacks? I mean, so many. The banana cake. Oh, we can go on and on and on. An entire generation and generation after generation. Always woke up in the morning, do a cup of coffee. And Entenmann's cake. We'll get into that later on because I'm sitting shiver for Entenmann's. Also, the continued battle with the other side of midnight. If you uh, happen to be listening, as you should be, to each and every possible hour of the hours that I do on the weekend and that Frank Morano does, his 20 hours on the other side of midnight, Monday through Fridays from 1 in the morning to 5, you may have depicted that there is a bit of tension. As Frank told me uh, right here on this broadcast as I was passing off the torch from the animal welfare segment that I was doing with my wife Nancy as I do it every Sunday going into Monday, 12 midnight to 1, that it's time to pick a new name for the weekend edition of The Other Side of Midnight. Okay, Frank. And he's put the pressure on, oh, other things he's done that are going to cost me an hour tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be minus an hour. I'll get into all of that. But first, obviously, far more important, is what's going on in the Ukraine. And there are a lot of things that haven't been said. I've been listening to a lot of talk radio here at 77 AM WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation, with our 50,000 powerful watts of sound. We can be heard right now in 38 states, parts of Canada, parts of Europe, and yes, even in the Bermuda Triangle between the Bahamas and Bermuda. That's how powerful this signal is. 
But with everybody squawking and talking, everybody who's supposedly an expert, right? I mean, look at all these experts. <laughs> They've been wrong about everything involving the Ukraine. Remember, first they said, oh, no, 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 no. Putin's not going to invade. No, come on. Putin, why, what? He's not going to invade. He's too smart. He's too savvy. He's too crafty to do that. And then he did it, just like he said he would. (laughs) So then all these so-called experts, many of whom I've never seen in my life, you know, they declare themselves to be uh, generals, major colonels. They're in charge. They know what's going on. It's like I've never seen these people before in my life. But they put them in front of a map, and all of a sudden, you know, they dust off their West Point credentials. And now they're in charge. And then all of a sudden, they overrated the Russians, right? Oh, this will be over in 72 hours. You see those two T2 tanks will come crashing in from uh, southern Ukraine near the um, Crimea, from Belarus in the north, right into Kiev, and then even further south, right? An invasion from three parts. Oh, It'll be over in 72 days. Well, it's not over. And so now, because they've been wrong twice, they want to go They want to go down swinging. You know, it's like strike three and you're out, but they want to show that they're swinging. So what is it they're saying about Vladimir Putin now? Oh, he's crazy. He's insular. He's narcissistic, meaning he loves himself. But no, 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 he's a megalomaniac, too which means he has fantasies of power and an exaggerated sense of self-worth. And then I heard one guy on the PBS station say, well, you know, megalomaniacs are narcissists, but not all narcissists are megalomaniacs. And I'm like, what the hell are you all talking about? And then tomorrow in the morning, I'll go into this new theory of the many theories that are floating out there. And in fact... Vladimir Putin has his own Rasputin, who has been holed up with him, who chews his ear off and has given him cauliflower ear, and he's the only person that he listens to. Rasputin, who, as you know, was so close to the Tsarina because she saved, he saved, her son, heir to the throne. Remember, he was a hemophiliac, and supposedly he came up with a cure, and as far as she was concerned that Tsarina, he could do no wrong, nor could the Tsar see him doing any wrong. But all the members of the Tsar and the Tsarina's court, remember, felt that Rasputin was evil. And they tried to kill him again and again and again. And no many, how many times they tried to kill Rasputin? He would always survive, except in the end. They shot him. They beat him. They hit him. They stabbed him. They threw him in the river. And somehow he survived. So please, stop with the experts. Stop with this nonsense about, oh, yeah, we got the experts who know. They were wrong about the invasion of the Ukraine. He said he would do it, and he did. They were wrong about the capabilities of the Russians, which they said, oh, 72 hours, he's going to take over the Ukraine. And they've been wrong about their evaluation of Vladimir Putin from day one, in which, you know, they were saying, oh, he's savvy, he's knowledgeable, uh, it's like he's playing uh, chess. And now to all of a sudden, he's out of his mind, he's crazy, 
you know, he can't be trusted, and he's under the domination of a Rasputin type. All of it is nonsense. Don't listen to any of these so-called experts. Who made them experts? Just because you see them on television or you hear them on the radio, you're assuming they're experts? What are their credentials? When have they ever been right before? Start asking yourself that. Many of these same people I've heard, oh, their weapons of mass destruction, Saddam Hussein has them buried there in the hills outside of Baghdad. Bull feathers, bull feathers. You going to believe them now? And yet they bring on expert after expert. This radio station, other radio stations, you read about them in the newspapers. You see them on the boob tube, 24-7-365. Our propaganda versus their propaganda. I happen to watch RT, Russian television. Unbelievable propaganda on their side and unbelievable propaganda on our side. And I figure, you know, the truth is probably somewhere in between. That's why you should want as much information as you can get. Now, you're of the impression that there's a boycott against all Russian products, including Russian oil and natural gas, right? In fact, let's uh, open up our phone lines, make sure that we haven't been sabotaged. We're not a victim of sabotage, which has happened before on this, which we're going to have to pick a new name for. It won't be the other side of midnight, the weekend edition. No, no, no. We'll get to that momentarily. But let's test out the phone lines. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. On occasion, our head engineer. As you know, is housed near Bada Bing, the infamous strip club that was made infamous uh, in The Sopranos. And he gets lap dances and brumskis instead of making adjustments on that Tower of Power in Lodi, New Jersey, which has made us the number one news talk station in the nation. That's the AM side, active-minded. But then again, we have an FM sister station out in the Hamptons, WLIR. And that needs a spectrometer in order to receive your calls, whereas the uh, discronificator handles the AM calls. And then there's an oscillator that's being used from time to time to make sure that you are the very people that you claim you are because there are some faithfully fraudulent Fugazi callers out there. We know. We know exactly who they are. So let's test out these phone lines, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. We heard the president, Joe Biden, make a big to-do about the fact that we are banning imports of uh, petroleum and uh, natural gas products. What is a, uh, let's test your metal right away, your thinking powers. What is the one very important, energy product that we have not uh, put a boycott on, that we continue to import into this country, an extraordinarily important energy uh, product that Russia and only a few other countries are able to create for our energy needs. That's 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And then, oh, yeah, what's the one product? that makes $2 billion for an American-owned company. And they continue to sell that product there because the Russians have been addicted to this product since 1992. There are commercials there on a regular basis. There has been a uh, push actually made in Parliament, a.k.a. the Duma, in which they want to ban this American product 
because it's had such an insatiable effect on the Russian population from Siberia all the way to the borders of the Ukraine. That's a lot of landmass. And an average Russian who makes about $100 a week can afford two of these a week, two of these a week, and they squirrel them away. You go to any Russian DACA, you go to any Russian uh, serfs home, the poor and the impoverished, the middle class or the uber rich, you will find these American culinary delights in everybody's house, in every school. They're advertised on billboards. It's advertised on TV. It is the greatest way to have a hold on the Russian public through a subliminal message of American propaganda. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. In addition to all of that, I I hate the royalty. I, I hate the king. I hate the queen. I hate the royal family in England. Yeah, I know. The king is dead. I hate him, too, even in death. But then there was Prince William you know, brother of the perv, who said war is alien to Europe in response to what's happening in the Ukraine by Russia. And I said to myself, really? War is alien to Europe? Hey, schmuck, putz. Wasn't the UK involved in two world wars that killed millions of people? Millions? How could you say that war is alien to Europe? And didn't Europe colonize I mean, at one point, the whole concept was from the time the sun goes up to the time the sun goes down, you could wave, uh, not the Jolly Rogers, the pirate flag, but the Union Jack, because England had colonized so many countries, as did so many of the European countries, as we in America did, not to the same extent. So how the hell does Prince William say that war is alien to Europe? It's part and parcel of everything that's been a part of Europe. It's growth and development. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And are you aware that the United States has now placed sanctions on India, the largest democracy in the world with the most people who can actually vote? Do you know what the sanctions that we've imposed on India are? Of course, it hasn't made headlines, but it has to do. With the war in the Ukraine, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. No, you're not going to get away with just being able to, oh, no fly zone, yes, no, oh, send the MiGs over there. No, 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 no. You know what Facebook has done, Meta? Meta World Peace, right? What was that? Meta World Peace. Hold on a second. What basketball player am I talking about who went to St. John's University, came out of the Queensbridge Project, which is actually the largest public housing project in America, right in the shadow of the 59th Street Bridge? No, make that the Queensboro Bridge. No, make that the Ed Koch Bridge. How can one bridge have three names? But it does. What was his name as he renamed himself Meta World Peace? And upon winning a world championship with the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, When given the microphone, he praised his shrink because he acknowledged he had been a kukulamunga. Well, apparently Facebook and Meta, their new name Meta, right, M-E-T-A, that's signage everywhere. They're allowing calls for violence to be committed against Russians and Putin. I thought they were opposed to that, right? You couldn't use any violent language. That's it. You're banned from Facebook. You can't put your breakfast down any longer. You know, the Grand Slam that you got at Denny's or IHOP's. No, 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 you're banned. 
if you threaten to use violence. And then this has bothered my wife, Nancy, to no end, who you can hear once again, 12 midnight to 1, before I pass off the 50,000 powerful watts of sound to that Mamaluka, Mangaluch, and that Mashad, Frank Morano, for the other side of midnight. It goes from Mondays through Fridays from 1 in the morning to 5. Is that Russian cat owners are not permitted to compete in international cat competitions. They've been banned. And meantime, the economic sanctions that have been imposed on Mother Russia is having its impact on little Albania, where they've had three days of protests and riots because of all the price hikes. And that's going to be happening all over the world soon. Because inflation is like rocking at an astronomical rate. And when all of a sudden you don't have Russian petroleum and Russian gas... That affects everything right on down the line. And why do you think there are two products, one that we continue to receive from Russia, vital to our energy needs, and the other one that we continue to sell in Russia because they're addicted. They're more addicted to this product in Russia that America manufactures than heroin, than any opioids, and even Oxycontin. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Estelle, waiting patiently in the state of Michigan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Estelle. Oh, sir, I don't know where to even talk, but I tell you, um, when you say all these things about Russia, um, Mark Levin said, we're already in World War Three. I know you guys are good people, or good friends, or... You know each other. He's talked to you. He's the only one I listen to, and you. But uh, when you said, I know this is silly, but when you said that they are um, experts, well, where I grew up, experts were just slow drips. And Mm -hmm. uh, the other gentleman that you talk about, a Frank guy, well, his last name should be pronounced Morano. Because where I grew up, that's kind of like a little hog. But anyway. Now, now let me that, ask you a question. Uh, which part of Michigan are you calling from, Estelle? Estelle is close to Indiana. Ah, so you're near Michigan, uh, the Michigan uh, City Prison, the largest walled prison in America on the other side of the border. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I mean, boy, that is a big prison, Estelle. Well, I tell you what. I come from Texas, down by the Matamoros, Tamaulipas. Sure. And, and that's uh, where that's where all the products are made down there on the Mexican side, where it's a yeah. no-tax zone, and then they're brought across to America, now by uh, Mexican truck drivers who don't have to stop and transfer their payloads to American Teamsters drivers on their 18-tractor uh, wheels, uh, trailers. Uh, why did you decide to leave that area of Texas and head to Michigan? Well, I joined the Air Force, and then I married a Michigan man. Uh-huh. <laughs> a Wolverine. Yeah. He likes that. He don't like being called a Michigander. I know that, and I love that name. I named one of our rescue cats Wolverine. He came in. He had a few uh, problems. His immune system was down. But to me, he looked like a Wolverine. And I know if you give somebody a name, you know, that has strength and that has confidence, yeah. 
It enabled him to survive the many ailments uh, that unfortunately afflicted him because he had low immunity. Uh, but which, which particular town in Michigan are you calling from? Sherwood. Okay. Never went through there, but have an idea of where it is. Uh but it's the heartland of America. You're the heartland of America. Do, are people in the heartland of America where you live and nearby in Ohio or Wisconsin or the Great Lakes, are they concerned about a possible war breaking out between the United States and the old Soviet Union, a.k.a. Russia? I believe we all are. I, you know, but um, I, I can't um, – I don't want to look at that because um, we just – Every day, grateful to have the beautiful soil we have to grow our garden, raise our cow, and uh, be taken care of by the Lord, and those things. Estelle, Estelle, you have a cow, an LC, the cow? Yeah, no, not a, that kind of cow, a beef cow. Oh, have, oh, I have, okay. I have goats that have the milk. Wow. So yeah, you, have, you drink goat milk? Yes. Oh, a lot of people have said that's very nutritious for people, a lot better than cow milk. Well, it is actually the La Mancha Nubian mix with a Kiko is a dual purpose, and it's, uh, the milk is very sweet. Now, isn't that a primary product, I may be incorrect, in feta cheese? And Maybe so. I don't make cheese. I make some cheese for the house. Oh. You know, but, um, it normally I use it to make like. Well, I, I, I want to assure you, Estelle, there in Michigan, uh, not far from the largest walled prison in the United States that I've been in, the uh, Michigan City Prison, that uh, don't worry, we're not at war with Russia. We're not going to war with Russia. I know that people are banging the, uh, the war drums because America always wants to go to war. Because we have the um, industrial war complex that President Eisenhower spoke about extensively before he left office that constantly needs us to get into combat or battles so we can manufacture equipment, we can send equipment, and we can enrich people in the uh, war machine who are profiteers, who care nothing about the United States but only uh, their bottom line profits. Yeah. Well, not with this president, I don't think. Well, it doesn't matter. With all different presidents, in fact, uh, what was the movie involving the Civil War? Maybe the greatest movie ever made that involved profiteers. And who are those profiteers in that movie? A movie that eventually was colorized by Ted Turner. A lot of people objected to that. But I think it actually made it even more enhancing for everyone to see. And the main roles were played by actors who were profiteers, who cared not if the South won or the North won, but just about being able to uh, uh, carry weapons and carry supplies to and from the armies and who'd ever be willing to pay for it. They had no soul. Their whole interest was money. And that's what generally happens in war. And let me give all of you advice. As we watch these horrible films of men, women, children, the elderly and the infirm who either been injured or have had to evacuate their beloved Ukraine and have gone to countries like Hungary, where former Governor Pataki is now leading a rescue mission there to bring supplies. 
or could be to Poland, uh, which is a country of my background on my father's side. They have accepted the most refugees. Or it could be any number of countries along the border with the Ukraine. Beware. There's a lot of thievery going on. Remember Haiti after the earthquake? Where did all that money go? There are so many crooks in the Ukraine. So many crooks in Russia. So many crooks on this side in America. I've seen their pictures over there. They're all claiming, oh, we want to help the refugees. Yeah, they're into helping themselves beware. Even the attorney general, to her credit, Tish James, issued an advisory, a warning, because she oversees the NGOs and the nonprofits who are based in New York State. Beware. A lot of ripoffs going on. Make sure you're dealing, if you're going to help the people there, with reputable organizations, not fly-by-night organizations, not organizations in which people go there, they have no track record, no credibility, and they're just going to take your hard-earned money run. And the Ukrainians, the refugees, won't see not a ruble of it. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Leonardo calling from Essex County. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Leonardo. Hey, good speaking to you again, Paisan. You are the king of New York. I, I wanted to say, uh, I have a theory about, you know, it's, he's not Vlad the Impaler. I think he's Vlad the Impotent. Because he's having a past midlife crisis, the Viagra's not working again, so he has to be all aggressive with Ukraine. What do you think? So you're claiming that Vladimir Putin, who has prided himself on his virility, may have suffered maybe during the lockdown and pandemic when he was out of sight, out of mind at his billion-dollar residence, uh, which is between Moscow and St. Petersburg, that he may have become impotent? It's a theory. It's my theory. He's, uh, he's expressing his uh, need for uh, male aggression, but he can't express it sexually anymore. So he has to attack the Ukraine. Now, look, that is not unreasonable. Uh, oftentimes well, say- in, in history, when you study those who have engaged in war or those who have had high levels of testosterone that have crashed through their cranium that led them to do things that were horrific to other people, It turned out, and you're not too far from the truth, that part of that rage was because, for whatever reason, disease or injury, they had become impotent. Well, they they say in the last four years that he may be suffering from Parkinson's and also from cancer. So if they're treating him with chemotherapy and all, uh, it might, you know, the the, uh, – Gizmo might not be working again, if you know what I mean. No, 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 totally understood, Leonardo. I've certainly been in that situation myself, having been a cancer survivor. Oh, that's right, that's right. Right, look, I I was impotent for a long period of time, and it does make you angry. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Except uh, he has a nuclear football. (laughs) Right. A lot of people... A lot of people have been saying that he wants to rebuild the Soviet Union, but I think his historical perspective goes deeper than that. He actually uh, wants to bring back the, they They've said to him, oh, you know, the population of Russia, that we want you to decommunize uh, Russia, right? His idea is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to decommunize Russia. Of course, the people want to be free and democratic like the USA, right? 
but his idea is to go back to czarism, right? And so he's going to, if people don't stop him, he's going to just grind out the Ukraine into, uh, he'll take down the cities and just create an agricultural, uh, it's a, it's a breadbasket Ukraine. It always has been for the old Soviet Union and Russia. So, uh, you know, that seems to be his plan. He doesn't believe in God. So, you know, uh, you, you add those things together. He's near uh, the end, uh, his end years. Uh, anything's possible with this man. But no, I don't well, think. Well, no, no, you are, you are correct. He uh, is not a communist. No doubt. He surrounds himself not with communists. He, he's not out of the uh, school book of Lenin, whose uh, birthday, by the way, is coming up in April. I'll be talking about that in the uh, next overnight show. Uh, but he is definitely uh, wanting to uh, create a czarist-like atmosphere so that Mother Russia can uh, return to the glory of when it was. It was very, very much royalty there. The czar, the czarina. That's why I use the example uh, of uh, probably uh, one of the most... Uh, infamous individuals in the history of the world who was thought had control of the czar and the czarina because he had helped cure the hemophilia of their child who was expected to take the throne. That was Rasputin. So uh, I would say, uh, Leonardo, he's certainly a narcissistic uh, and a megalomaniac, but a megalomaniac can be a narcissist, but not all narcissists. Oh, megalomaniacs, whatever the hell that means. You know what I mean, Leonardo? You know what I'm sure he is, Curtis? I'm sure he's a Russian, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that, that the word czar comes from Caesar, and he thinks of himself that way. And, uh, you know, he, like I say, if you don't believe in uh, the good Lord, then, you know, you have to make a mark. So you go down in history for 15 well, minutes I, I, until somebody I, else. I have observed him in the Onion Domes. I have myself been in the Onion Domes near Red Square. Very disappointing, by the way, in which I have seen uh, Vladimir Putin. I have not witnessed him myself in person, but uh, while attending the services of the uh, Russian Orthodox Church, and he does the sign of the cross opposite the Roman Catholic way, the way the Greek Orthodox do or the Serbian Orthodox or all the Orthodox Romanian Orthodox uh, do, the opposite way they make the sign of the cross and the way the Roman Catholics do. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. This is the number two disco extravaganza song in Moscow. Number two with two Kalashnikov bullets behind only the song dedicated to their their godlike Mashiach, Vladimir Putin. This is how the Ruskies raise the roof. Oh, yeah. 
Seven Towers of Stop Stalin, the dot, all of Moscow. I visited all of them. They have casinos in there. They have uh, discos in there. And they have places that you can retreat to in the rear areas of these edifices where whatever goes, goes. Not even Stalin knows for sure. But anyway, back to the phones we go. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Richie in Long Beach. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Rich. Hey, Curtis, good morning to you. Glad to be on with you, bud. How you doing? Now, uh, Rich, I had to actually do an intervention on the Dominic Carter show before he left to Rhode Island. He asked me to come in to run down the Robert Rules of Order for callers. He wanted me to say it. I said it. Uh, Let me start with rule number one. Never ask me how I'm doing, Richie, because I'm going to tell you I've had better days. Kabish, 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 Richie. Kabish, totally Kabish. All right, all right. Go ahead, Richie. All right. Earlier in your show, you mentioned Metal World Peace. That's right. I, I asked, uh, I asked uh, who is uh, Metal World Peace? Let me just rephrase it, Richie, before me, you give me your answer. Grew up in the Queensbridge Projects, the, longer, the uh, largest public housing projects in America, and went to St. John's University and was a little utiched, botched, uh, Meshug. <laughs> yes, Ron Artest. That is correct, Ron Artest, who, uh, when he finally tasted the champagne of the championship of the NBA title, uh, when being interviewed at Senate Court, said he attributed it all to his shrink, his psychiatrist, for keeping him cool, calm, and collected. You are absolutely correct, Richie. Thank you. And here's another little tidbit. He changed his name again to Meta Sandiford Artest two wow. years ago. Wow. So he's like Prince. You know, Prince, uh, the artist, <laughs> and I think X, uh, you know, they have something in common there. But, boy, he had some serious anger management issues, Richie. You're referring to the Malice at the Palace game? Not only that, uh, he was in Bronx Criminal Court. That's where I saw him up on 161st Street because he had uh, uh, physically attacked uh, the lady that he was with with at the time and uh, put a hurting on her. Should have ended up going to prison. Somehow they negotiated some kind of plea, uh, but he should have done time for that. That I never knew. That was when? How long ago? Oh, it was between uh, times where he was uh, playing for the Indiana Pacers, uh, and I forget, uh, it's before he played for the Lakers, uh, because then he submitted to a shrink, and it seemed they arranged all the uh, furniture and the right rooms upstairs and enabled him to uh, participate uh, with his fellow basketball players without trying to strangle the life out of them. But you are a you are a winner, Richie. Uh, let's get Richie's information. Uh, we want to send him a WABC Curtis Sliwa cap. They are flying out of our headquarters here of Red Apple Media. There's a lot of people who are getting the trivia, and again, trivia does lead to a conversation, as it did there with Richie and Long Beach, uh, opposite to what Frank Morano has said, in which he says, "Oh, I don't do trivia." And then I heard him the other morning saying, "Oh, he does trivia." 
because he recognizes it does lead to conversation. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in New Hyde Park. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Mike. Questions and comments, if I may. Uh, is the film that you're referring to Birth of a Nation? Birth of a Nation. No. It's a silent film, and it's not. It, it's, it's definitely not politically correct. But it was an award-winning silent film. Yes, it was black and white. Uh, It was also, uh, it extolled the virtues of the Klan. It attributed them, uh, the the Klan, as somehow liberating the South uh, from uh, the aftermath of the Civil War. Uh, And uh, that is not the film uh, that uh, talked about profiteers. But you're close. You're close on that, Richard. Um. In terms of energetic imports, is it uranium? Yes, yes. Now, isn't it amazing that with all the talk of closing off energy sources from Russia, we're not buying any more petroleum products, we're not buying any more natural gas, that the one product we continue to buy, because without it, we can't fuel our nuclear power plants, of which we have many throughout the United States, and that is uranium. We import 16% of our uranium from Russia. And remember, there was that time in which it was thought that Secretary of State uh, Hillary Clinton in the Obama administration okayed the purchase of uranium from a Russian company who then made a very generous donation, if you remember, to the Clinton Foundation. Unbelievable that she gets away with that crap. But I'm sorry for the for the word. No, no, no. But you're right. But don't with all these reporters and all these pundits and all these experts. How come nobody brought up the fact that we continue to buy uranium from Russia because they're one of the few suppliers of uranium, and we we desperately need that for our nuclear power plants. Not even a mention of it. Well, unfortunately, Curtis. Unlike you, the vast majority of our media is completely corrupt, like like uh, really like Russia itself. Well, um, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, uh, Mike. We're, we're having a difficulty hearing you. I'm sorry about that, but I wouldn't call them corrupt. I would just say, you know, look around. I remember that right away when Biden said we're no longer purchasing uh, Russian uh, petroleum products. Uh, and we're no longer uh, purchasing Russian national gas. We get about 560,000 barrels of petroleum a day. That's a lot. I said, yeah, but what about the uranium that we use to power our nuclear power plants? You can't just turn off a nuclear power plant. We've learned that as the Russians have taken over Chernobyl from the Ukrainians and they've taken over the largest nuclear uh, power plant in all of Europe. In a different part of uh, the Ukraine, and they're, they're worried that the Russians will turn the plants off, which will cause a potential meltdown. You have to keep feeding the uranium in. We purchased 16% of all of our uranium from Putin, from Russia. Has, has Have any of you heard any reports about that? Has anyone in the media brought it to the attention of the president or the vice president or... A Secretary of Transportation, Boudicier, 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 or the Secretary of State, Lincoln, Blanken, whatever the hell his name is. 
1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And again, nobody has yet answered a product that the Russians must have from America because their population is hopelessly addicted to it. They've been addicted since 1992, since I was there, and I saw the massive advertising that indoctrinated an entire generation to buy these products. In fact, with an average Russian earning about $100 uh, a week, uh, they were able to purchase uh, about two, two of these items every week. And if you were to somehow stop the importation of this product, it would cause massive riots in the street of Russia, from Siberia to the Ukrainian border. I mean, it would be worse. Putin would be made unstable because it wasn't done purposely. But when I was there in Russia, the Russians were hopelessly addicted to this product. What product am I talking about? 1-800-848-9222. The company that manufactures it makes $2 billion from Russian purchases alone every year. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to the phones. Uh, And uh, Chris, calling from New Jersey, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Chris. Um, hi, uh, I want to talk about, like, uh, NATO. And, uh, like, um, I remember when uh, Serbia invaded Kosovo back in the 90s, uh, NATO stepped in, you know. So, so like, uh, why is NATO af- afraid of Russia, you know? NATO outnumbers uh, Russia, like, four to one in, uh, in uh, troops, you know. So you would like us to depend on NATO to engage the Russians? Uh, yes. Uh, like, why are they afraid to engage, you know? Well, Chris... Uh, they're, they're, the, they're the only ones who can uh, save Ukraine. Right. Uh, Chris, I, I, I got to tell you, you, you think the Russians are just going to back off? You don't think that they would use nuclear weapons if they felt it was in their best interest? Uh, and uh, NATO is not going to back off either, you know. They have the military, the uh, the troops... Uh, they have the power to stop Russia, you know. Chris, uh, where are you originally from? What country are you from? Uh, from Albania. Ah, Albania. You know, they've had demonstrations there the last three days. Are you aware of that? Uh, no, but they are a member of NATO. No, 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 I know. But you know why they're having demonstrations. The people who are having demonstrations in the streets of Albania be skyrocketing because the price of Russian uh, petroleum uh, and natural gas has skyrocketed. This is going to happen in a lot of of other countries, not just Albania. It's going to cause major problems for governments because all prices are going to rise. A price for a loaf of bread, a price for uh, a liter Uh, of gasoline. You know that. You know it's so easy for an entire government to be destabilized when prices go up. Uh, yes, I know that. Yeah, and by the way, uh, we have a, uh, a, a congressman named Richie Torres in the Bronx uh, who said that he wants uh, Kosovo to be uh, brought into the European Union. Hey, Richie, are you a schmuck or a putz? <laughs> really? You want to agitate the Serbians now? Have you ever been over there? Oh, my God. I love it when these new jacks, they start making crazy suggestions. Yeah, let's bring Kosovo into uh, the European Union. 
You, you think the Serbians in Belgrade are just saying, hey, then no problem, no problem. Ah, Madonna, my. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Brian, who's calling from Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Brian. Yeah, Curtis. I, uh, in in uh, answering your question uh, to the members about what the Russian people need, I think it's vodka. No, no, no. They make their own vodka. They don't need it from us. And, in fact, idiots that we are here, I see picture after picture, video after video, where people are pouring Stoli uh, down the sewers. And I'm saying, wait a second, Stoli is bottled and manufactured in Lithuania. And, oh, it's Russian. I'm not going to drink Russian vodka. <laughs> you, if I gave them free Russian vodka. Do you think they would drink it, Brian? If you gave them free Russian vodka? Yeah, yeah. If they came, vodka? Yeah, if they came to a bar and I said, uh, in your instance, Brian, I said, look, I know this is Russian vodka. Uh, but I'm going to give it to you free. You think people at the bar would drink it? Absolutely. Of course. Of course. But I'm watching I, Americans who have no idea what vodka is. Tito's vodka. Yeah, well, that's from Texas. All right, but they're pouring vodka into the sewer stoli. They think it's Russian, and yet it's well, manufactured and distributed from Lithuania. I understand. I didn't know that myself, but... Uh... Yeah, I, no, no, no. Uh, hey, hey look, this, this is this is a real brain bender. You see, this is why you got to listen to Curtis Sliver. You will not have heard this on any other show, not PBS, not WNYC, not even RT, Russian TV, which I watch to find out what their propaganda is and match it against our propaganda. And I figure the truth is somewhere in between. But this comes from personal experiences of having spent time in Russia and especially Moscow. The Russians are hopelessly addicted to this American product. If we were ever to say no more, the Russians would have an insurrection. They would topple Vladimir Putin, I would say, minimum one week. And it's an American product. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Dave. Yes, Curtis. Uh, before I get to that product, let me tell you, I got some Edmonds, uh coffee cakes oh. sitting on my kitchen counter right now. They're delicious. Oh, I'm sitting shiver for the <laughs> Oh, God. Mr. Entenmann is passed to the hereafter. I mean, how, how many of us grew up eating Entenmann's cakes, especially in the morning, with a cup of coffee? There they are at the end of the counter, the aisle in the supermarket, always oh, fresh and, and delicious. Oh. But but the product I think you're talking about, is it Red Bull? No, although no. increasing numbers of Russians do consume Red Bull, but it is not a product that they are addicted to. Uh, okay. Because a lot of them work uh, the foreign exchanges, you know, so naturally everything revolves around Wall Street. So they're so far ahead that oftentimes – while Wall Street is doing its uh, uh, stealing, I mean, uh, exchanging of money during the day uh, throughout the world, they're operating their Bloomberg terminals here. By the way, has Bloomberg taken out his terminals from all of the brokers over in Moscow? Good question. Yeah, well, you would think the meeting maybe. No, well, nobody at Bloomberg Media is going to ask that question, but... Bloomberg has become a billionaire because he sells these terminals that enable brokers and 
people who invest in commodities to do their work. That's why they'll spend so much money. Do you think that Michael Bloomberg said, you know, I completely support the entirety of the boycott of Russia, and I'm demanding that these uh, Bloomberg terminals be removed or turned off? Haven't heard anything. Haven't heard anything about that, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah. one thing you mentioned, you mentioned the military-industrial complex. I learned about that many years ago when I first learned about the deep state, what they now call the deep state, what we called the New World Order. Hmm. I learned that from, I'd like to get your opinion on this, because nobody ever mentioned them, and they were right about everything. If we listened to them, we wouldn't be in the situations we are now. I'm talking about the John Birch Society. Ah, the John Birch Society. Well, I remember as a kid. Some members who were uh, Goldwaterites, not all, just some, who were John Birchers. Uh, their big claim to fame back then was that uh, you could not put a certain substance in the water. So in your reservoirs, you could not put a certain substance because it would affect the way you would think. What substance is that that I'm talking about? Wow, we're on a roll with the trivia here. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Mike uh, calling from New Rochelle. Your your turn to be heard here at WABC. Mikey? You're killing me tonight. I don't like calling you this early in the morning. I'd rather wait till the end of the show. But uh, I think I got the answer to your question. Could it be Coca-Cola? Well, yes. uh, When I was in uh, Moscow and Russia... A lot of uh, Russians love Coca-Cola. Theirs was actually stronger than ours. Uh, They put a little more sugar in theirs because they bottled it there. You know, same formula. Uh, But, no, Coca-Cola has suspended all of their sales in Russia. They've uh, closed their bottling plants. Uh, Likewise, PepsiCo uh, has done uh, so. Uh, So uh, they're not able to drink those products unless they've been smuggled in. And let me tell you something. Uh, the Russians are very adept at smuggling <laughs> everything in the world from A to Z. And so they probably smuggled in some Coca-Cola. But that is not the product they're addicted to. Well, I, I gave it a shot, Curtis. What can I do? I tell you, if you ever get a chance and you want to sit down and watch a great funny movie, a James Cagney movie. Oh, it's called it. One, Two, Three. It's about Coca-Cola in Russia. I love it. It's, it's a comedy, and, and it's, 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 it's great. I, I mean, from beginning to end. Wow. Cold War comedy. Wow. Coca-Cola and Russia. Yeah. James Cagney is the guy running a Coca-Cola plant in, in Russia, and they're, they're, they're trying all kinds of tricks to get the formula and all kinds of things yeah, happening. That's, that's been, I got to tell you, it was at the international plant in Atlanta. We were patrolling a uh, really bad public housing project there, and we were like four blocks away. And we would go over there, and, man, they would have the best Coca-Cola with the old bottles, and I'd have uh, I'd have Ritz crackers and oh, hogshead cheese. Oh, God. There's That's nothing better than that on a rich cracker. Got to have the spicy one, not the plain. Hogshead cheese on a rich cracker and a cold bottle of the old Coca-Cola, the old formula uh, in the old bottles, and nothing better than that on a hot summer's day. That must have felt like Roto-Rooter through the
through your your system. It did. I can't tolerate it now after being shot up five times with hollow point bullets and then having uh, uh, ileitis, colitis, and full blown Crohn's disease. But I will tell you, I lust for the taste of hogshead cheese. Got to be spicy on a rich cracker. The old bottle of Coca-Cola, the old solid bottle of Coca-Cola, cold, it would be so good. And the other thing was that I learned to do in uh, in Atlanta, a lot of the African-American elderly women would be sitting on their porch when we'd be checking up on them because there was a serial rapist around, and they would be eating cherries and spitting out the pits and then challenging us guardian angels. And I mean, there was one, she spit a pit out, I'd say a good quarter of a block down. There was like no way. And do all of that, maintaining the pit, and then it's almost like a howitzer, a human howitzer, spitting that pit a quarter of a block away. And let me tell you, all of our eyes were wide-eyed and bugaboo saying, how did you do that, Shirley? I'll never forget her name, Shirley. And she had like three teeth in her mouth. She says, I'm a professional cherry pit spitter. (laughs) They have competitions in that in the Deep South. Who knew? Who knew? Up next, we've got to continue this. You haven't figured out what the Russians hopelessly addicted to that Americans make that could destabilize the Putin administration. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Sitting shiver for the loss of Mr. Entenmans. How I remember, how I remember. They used to deliver to the house. Remember how Entenmans used to deliver to the house? Never mind just in the supermarkets and stores. Not just the crumb cake, the New York crumb cake, but all the other culinary delights. If I remember correctly, the bakery was on Rogers Avenue. In Brooklyn, then eventually headed out to Bayshore, Long Island. But I think they were German. In fact, I think the Entenmann families came from Stuttgart, Germany. Remember, we leveled that in World War II. Our Air Force did. But, um, oh God, I'm having the pangs of desire for their banana cake, the lemon loaf. The milk chocolate chip cookies, Entenmann's, right? I mean, those were really good chocolate chip cookies. And the question I ask all of you is, who owns Entenmann's now? It is the largest baking company in the world. Who owns Entenmann's now? The Entenmann's that you live for the moment you wake up in the morning. The moment you turn on the TV and the radio to find out that the world is still there and you get your slice of New York crumb cake with your cup of coffee 
and it makes you there with the little packages of Entenmann's coffee cake. Oh, 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 better than Drake's. Oh, yeah, better than Drake's. And I am sitting shiver. But you see, this is a program that is dedicated to teaching also, not just eliciting from you answers to trivia, but teaching you about things that you're not going to hear anybody talking about TV. Not RT, Russian TV, which I still watch to see what their propaganda is versus all of our TV stations and their propaganda and WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation and our propaganda and everybody's propaganda. And I always go subject by subject and then I figure the truth is somewhere in between. It's not the Russian propaganda. It's not the American or NATO propaganda. It's somewhere in between. And... They say, well, how can you how can you overthrow Putin? Uh, you know, so Lindsey Graham, right? Lindsey Graham, let's assassinate him, execute him. No, you don't have to do that. First of all, you shouldn't do that. But you don't have to do that. There is a product that the Russians are addicted to. They have had debates in their form of the parliament. It's called the Duma, especially when I was there in 92 in which they felt it was a Western plot. And, you know, I could have, it could have been the CIA that addicted all these Russians to this American product. They would riot if all of a sudden America would stop these products from being exported there because it's an American-owned company. It's a product that you know, but you're probably not addicted to it the way you are to Entomans. Some of you I mean, are addicted to Entomans. If Entomans ever went away, your life would be void, right? So I'm asking you two questions. What is the largest bakery in the world now that owns Entomin and so many other uh, bakery uh, products that they distribute? And uh, what is that product? That we consider to be like mom, apple, pie, and the flag here in America. Yeah. That we forced on the Russian public. In fact, they gave away free samples. And the Russians got hopelessly addicted to it. To the last ruble, they would buy it. I saw it with my own eyes in Gorky Park. Boy, you talk about a country of extremes. You go into the subway system of Moscow, deep underground. Sometimes you take Free escalator rides, and they got the wooden slats, meticulous, clean women with the babushkas on their head, constantly cleaning the Timex clocks on the wall. Within a tenth of a second, these are old subway cars that arrived that were out of the World War II vintage era. You could eat off the platform and the tracks. And yet I went up into Gorky Park, saw the vendors. They were selling this product like hotcakes. People were lined up. And then I had to go to the bathroom. Next to the river. No, no, in the actual bathroom, not in the river. I'm not a barbarian. And I wasn't looking for Rasputin floating in that river. So I went into the bathroom in Gorky Park, and it probably hadn't been cleaned since it had been installed before World War II. It's like a gulag. And you, I looked at it and I said, this is a country of absolute extremes. It's either done extremely well or extremely badly. Uh, let's go to Mike. Your turn to be heard here. WABC, what is the product that we introduce to the Russian population that they cannot live without, Mike? Levi's dungarees. Oh, you're right about that. And that was part of a plot uh, to uh, 
try to destabilize the Russians. And you know how they turned the tables on us? No. They made Levi dungarees available. They allowed for cafes to open up. And they allowed young people to indulge in a little marijuana, figuring they wouldn't become too Western, that they'd want to rebel. You give them a few of the Western products like Levi dungarees, which was you could actually trade. I saw this in Red Square. People were trading Levi dungarees like barter. So they'd have Levi dungarees and you would have something that they would want, like some some vodka, some wine, some cheese, whatever, and they would trade it for a pair of Levi dungarees, bartering. Curtis, I'll, I'll tell you how I know that answer. Can you hear me? Loud and clear, Mike. Years ago, I believe I heard on radio, seamen who traveled the world, when they would come to the USA, they would load up on Levi's if they were heading for the Soviet Union or Russia and unload them there at a profit. That is true. My father was a seaman for 55 years, merchant seaman. And when they would make that uh, run in the North Sea, Morantz run, in the northern part of Russia, both uh, during World War II to give supplies that Stalin desperately needed to fight the Nazis because they lost 20 million people in that war. And then afterwards, you are absolutely correct. They would keep in their cargo hold uh, as many uh, Levi dungarees as they could carry. And it wasn't just in Russia. It was in Poland. It was in Romania. It was in Hungary. Any of the old sa- Soviet satellite countries, I mean, people would do anything to get a pair of Levi's dungarees, especially not the knockoffs, but American-made. Curtis, you seem to be an expert on Russia tonight. Could I ask you another question? Oh, sure, sure. I spent enough time there. Uh, does the Soviet Navy presently have nuclear submarines patrolling the oceans with nuclear missiles. Yeah, they're right offshore. They're right off our east coast. They could easily launch one of their trident uh, versions of their nuclear uh, uh, missiles uh, from their hidden submarines that are deep along our east coast and cause tremendous damage as we can to them. We have our submarines... uh, over on the Pacific front and over on the Atlantic front. They can do likewise. But isn't Russia supposed to be in a drastic financial difficulty? How can they do all this? You know, this is what they claim, right? Oh, any moment they're going to go belly on the sanctions will cripple them. The Russians have learned to deal without money for decades. Decades. They had nothing in World War II. And they somehow fought off the Nazi horde. Naturally, a lot of help from FDR, the Americans. But still, they lost 20 million people. Think of that. 20 million people died when the Nazis invaded Russia. Curtis, could I guess at the uh, Entenmann's question? Yes. Oh, my belly is aching. I want Entenmann's. Go ahead. R.J. Nabisco? No. No, let me give you a hint. It's not an American company. It's not an American company, Mike. Boy, these are tough ones, right? Brain busters. Again, I'm going to repeat. It's a product made here in America that we just assume. It's everywhere in America. It's everywhere in Russia. Somehow, whether it was a corporate decision or CIA decision, criminals in action, 
We distributed this product to the population. We gave free samples, free samples, big billboards, big advertising on television. So much so that some of the Russian members of the Duma, that's their former parliament, debated the fact that this was part of Western brainwashing. It could be true. Because if we would have stopped the manufacture of this product, which we could do both here and in the plants in the old Soviet Union, Russia, that have the patent, uh, the trademark to do that, we could stop that just like we stopped so much else over there. I guarantee you within two weeks, Vladimir Putin would be ousted from his dacha in the Crimea or wherever it is. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Diane in Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Diane. All right. Hi. Well, which one do you want first, the Ensigns or the Russian product? That well, they have well, well, right now, right now, I'm, I'm hungering for some Entenmann's because of the passage of Mr. Entenmann's. I'm sitting shiver here, but I'm, I'm, I'm tasting all the Entenmann's that I've had over the years. Well, I'm looking at a box of assorted donuts. Oh. They've got the chocolate, the powder, the plain, and it says Bimbo Bakeries in Pennsylvania. Very good. But Bimbo Bakeries, is its international headquarters is not in Pennsylvania, but very good, very good. But, uh, by the way, now, want- now that you've announced this, where in Queens are you, Diane? I am in Queens Village. Okay, I know it well. You're right near Juniper Valley, right? No, that's no, that's Middle Village. Oh, my fault. You're near Anton's Queen Village, the catering I'm hall. Near, I'm near Fresh Meadows Pizza. <laughs> okay, Fresh Meadows Pizza. Now I know exactly where you are. I guarantee are you, you if you were to call nine one one, every cop in that precinct would be there, knowing there are donuts there. Uh-oh, I'm not giving my uh, address. Well, no, you might but need I, you might need uh, the cops some point and just let them know, I got fresh intimate donuts here. They'll all be knocking on your door. It says Horsham, Pennsylvania. I don't know where that is. But I know the answer, the Russia answer. I'm sure I know it. Go Maybe. ahead. What is it, Diane? McDonald's. No, all the McDonald's have been closed. Uh, it's obviously an American company. They have franchises uh, in uh, Russia, especially in Moscow, St. Petersburg, some of the other cities. Uh, but they will survive without McDonald's. They would not oust Vladimir Putin over McDonald's. But I'm sure some of them have become addicted to all the various products, especially the one they have now. I don't know if anybody has seen it. They have the Triple Decker. They have a Big Mac. They have a quarter pounder, and they have a fish fillet all in one sandwich. Oh, my God, that's evil. <laughs> what is that, uh, oh. Izzy, your favorite? What do you call that? The the, like the, the menu rack? Like, you have the I menu like rack. Mac, but I, actually, I like Wendy's better. Yeah, no, no. Right, right, well, yeah, know. and then, uh, by the way, it's better for you. Remember, I was the McDonald's manager. <laughs> Wendy's is actually better for you, Diane. They've got a great deal. They have, they call it the Biggie Bag. You get a ham, bacon hamburger, you get nuggets, and drink and french fries, all for $5. Now, do you know who is the founder of Wendy's? Wendy's father. What? 
<laughs> Wendy's father. That's a good guess. Uh, you remember the guy who used to do the commercials, right? Oh, yeah. Do you know originally what fast food uh, firm he was with before he created Wendy's? No. All right. So that's another trivia question out there. First off, who was the founder of Wendy's? Who was the person uh, who uh, was doing commercials? And what form of fast food emporium was he associated with before he broke away from them to form Wendy's? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Ken calling from Nutley, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Ken. Yeah, the John Birch Society question. That would have been the... Along with the movie, How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, also known as Dr. Strangelove, it would be fluoride. You are, you couldn't be more hopelessly correct. You are so right, Ken. Back in the 50s, the John Birch Society would go to community meetings, especially out in California, Arizona. They were very strong out there. And they would rail against any community boards or any local municipalities that were trying to put fluoride in the water, especially the Colorado River out there provided so much of the fresh water for a lot of those southwestern uh, states and uh, California. So, uh, I mean, it was. Yeah, they they, they were strong neurotoxin. Yeah, well, they would put fluoride in there and the John Birch Society would say that it would affect your mindset it would cause you to uh, uh, be programmed, and it was part of a communist plot to control America. Like Brigadier General Jack Ripper in Dr. Strangelove. You're right. Wasn't that such, had, a, such a great movie? Does, is it possible I won one of your wonderful hats? Yes, yes, Ken, uh, for the fluoride answer, absolutely, and the John Birch Society um, uh, if we could please get his information as the, fa- the, uh, the hats are the WABC hats. Uh, it, uh, promotes my show, the Curtis Lee show. And I believe it even has a tag on the guardian angel. So if all of a sudden you have a crime emergency in your neighborhood, put that cap on. And, uh, I have deputized you, uh, as a, a vigilante in your neighborhood or your subway train or your, uh, suburban Metro uh, train. Go out there and engage the criminals because certainly our police are not doing it and our elected officials are holding them back. We're going to get into that later on in which we're going to show you how even transgenders are killing people. It's gotten so bad that that's right. Trannies, transgenders, whatever you want to call them, transvestites are killing people and getting away with it like everybody else in New York State. 1-800-848-WABC. Uh, let's, uh, go to, uh, Donna calling from Cold Spring Harbor as we continue to probe everyone's mindset to give us an answer as to what is the product that America introduced to Russia in 1992 that has made them hopelessly addicted to it. And if we cut off the supply, I guarantee you within two weeks, they would overflow of Vladimir Putin. Go for it, Donna. Hi, how are you? Um, well, I can say I was in Russia in 1986 and then i was again i was there again um in 1994 and i'm not sure if this is what you're thinking of but i remember when i was there 
Um, we took a boat from Helsinki, Finland, over to St. Petersburg, actually. And uh, I remember seeing they had peanut butter all over the jars of peanut butter everywhere. Yeah, well, first off, before we get into the jars of peanut butter, uh, were you in St. Petersburg in the winter or in the summer? In the summer. So there was never, almost never dark, right? Exactly. It was like the way it is in Alaska, where they have, you know, all night daylight. What a beautiful city, Donna. Yeah, it's very beautiful. I mean, remember, that's where Vladimir Putin was birthed. That's where he grew up. That was the city of the czars and the czarinas. That gave him the influence of wanting to go in the direction of the czars and czarinas and not the communists, which is Moscow, which has all block housing. It's ugly. It's drab. St. Petersburg, it's like every block is a museum. Right. When I was there in 1986, it was Leningrad. Yes, yes, you're right. Now, you went from Helsinki in Finland. Uh, Mm -hmm. you, You took the boat. Right, the ferry. Yeah, we took like the ferry boat overnight mm-hmm. okay. and with then a friend of mine. They had peanut butter spread all over. Do you remember which one was it? Uh, Jiffy? Was it uh, Peter Pan? Although I don't think Vladimir Putin would allow Peter Pan peanut butter out there because of its connotation. I don't remember what brand it was, but I remember it was like they were really like crazy about it it was in a lot of places <laughs> well you're I, you're getting I laughed about it because i was like wow they have peanut butter here <laughs> you're getting so, closer you're getting closer the fact that you went to the most gorgeous city in all of russia st petersburg and you were there in the summer where it almost is never dark it's always light out because it's so close to the arctic uh cl- clearly you were able to see uh, and you saw peanut butter well, let me tell you, you're getting closer, Donna. You're getting closer. Really? I don't I don't know what else it could I don't know. I can't think of what else it would be. And they had a curfew there when I was there too in nineteen ninety four. Oh, a curfew. Interesting. Yeah, like we had to they wouldn't let us stay out you couldn't stay out all night. They they made you get back to the boat like at I don't know, like one, two in the morning. Otherwise if you were if you overstayed the curfew, they were gonna charge you something like a thousand dollars U.S. fine. Yeah, well, that sounds like them because they try to rip off all tourists. It doesn't matter who they are. What did you think of in Russia of nineteen ninety four, which was like uh, uh, the end of Yeltsin? That's just about at the point where Yeltsin uh, was replaced uh, uh, by uh, Vladimir Putin himself. What did I think about it? Yeah, what did you think of Russia? Because you uh, you had never been there before. I mean, it was. It was it was really beautiful. I mean, like when I was there, they were basically warning us. Like when I was there with my friends from Iceland, and um, he, they basically were saying to us, like, you know, don't deviate from the tour. You know, don't walk around on by yourself. Blah blah blah. It's dangerous. And of course, we did. And like it was kind of weird. I mean, everyone kind of looked at us. Like they people stared at us and everything. <laughs> Did anybody? Did they come? Did any of the Russians come up and recognize that you were Americans and start speaking English to you? 
Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, everybody was like, and and they still wanted Levi's at that point, too. Yep. Like, when I was when I was there in 86, when it was still communist, I mean, people were coming up to you, like, asking, you have Levi's, you have Levi's? Because I was there in 86, too, which was really crazy back then. Did, but, you, did you see in um, St. Petersburg, which was very prominent in Moscow, where you would see queues, lines of people, and they would stand there all day holding... Uh, like cheese in one hand and a bottle of vodka or wine in the other hand and try to sell it? Yeah, they were always, yeah. And then they had like pastries, like homemade pastries. Like if you were on the train and they, like every stop that you were on a train, there was like the babushka women, like outside selling their like, you know, locally homemade, whatever, you know, uh, soup, like borscht and all that kind of stuff. And you yeah, could, it was you, interesting, though. You, you could tell these were hardened people. The, <laughs> they weren't the friendliest people in the world, but you could tell they'd been through a lot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it. I mean, I, I, I would say, like, when, when I was there, it probably wasn't I, – I don't know if I felt 100%. It felt kind of like something might have happened to you. Like, if you shouldn't – we kind of realized we shouldn't have walked away, like, because everyone was looking at us, and then we – we ended up like socializing with one of the locals and we went to some cafe to have coffee. And, the, and the, the funniest thing was, is the guy had like a backpack, the Russian guy, and he put it down next to him and somebody stole it because they think they thought it was ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, thing. If, if you, uh, if you had engaged with the St. Petersburg police, they would have said uh, to you or somebody would have spoke English amongst the police and they would have said, you were the victim of somebody with a bandit face. And, right. And you would say, bandit face? How would I know it's a bandit face? They say, it's probably the yeah, Arbajanis, Arbabajanis, the Georgians, uh, probably uh, those from Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, because if they didn't have papers to be in that part of Mother Russia, they were considered men with bandit faces who were criminals. Well, like... <laughs> Yeah, and I remember like when we left, when we went back to Finland, they had a whole list of things that you weren't allowed to leave the country with, was which was so weird. They like antiquities, chocolate. I don't know. Like uh, they would search everything you had, like unwrap every single thing. Like it was so weird. And what you did know, you uh, what did you make of the Finns? The difference between the Finns that you met in Finland and Helsinki, and the Russians that you met in Saint Petersburg. Oh, I mean, two hundred percent different. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, you can't even compare it. I mean, I mean, I would say, I mean, as far as like friendly wise, yes, I would say the Russians were probably friendlier, only because I don't think they saw too many Americans that much. No, no, they didn't at that point. And like they, they were just like cur- their curiosity. It would make them more like outgoingly friendly to you, you yeah, know. Yes. Wow. You know, I would uh, say that hel- the Finnish people were more like, like reserved and shy and stuff like that until you got to know them and they had a few shots of vodka. You know. <laughs> yeah. Now <laughs> did they Helsinki did they schnapps? Did, right. The Helsinki yeah. schnapps. Right. Uh, did they try to feed you uh, lutefisk and fisca balls? No, not in not in Helsinki. That's in that's more like Sweden, actually. But uh, no, I know. But trust tr- me, it's like you you talk to the typical Scandinavian from Finland to Norway 
to Sweden, to Denmark, that whole area there, the Netherlands, and you just say, hey, anybody got Fisker balls or Lutefisk? Yeah, you're one of us, huh? Yeah, but you know what? In Finland, in Helsinki, they would sell this thing. It was really good. It was um, like a pastry with, with um, like, potatoes and, like, some kind of fish in it. It was really good. I forget the name of it. But uh, now would you, they had uh, that everywhere. When, when all these hostilities are over, because at some point it'll be over, would you ever want to go back to that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been there twice. I mean, I'm not going to say never, but... I don't know. I would rec- right now, I, I would I, I would recommend to our those listening now if they've never been to that area of the world, whether it's Helsinki or St. Petersburg, especially St. Petersburg. Uh, like what you went on, you went on the boat tour. They have a boat tour that takes you right to St. Petersburg. Right. You go in the summer. And then you go to- you go to the Hermitage. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, that you, museum. You go in the summer. It's never dark because you're so close to the Arctic Circle. Uh, it's amazing. I would recommend to everybody, uh, Donna, when these hostilities cease, and they will cease, that you may want to travel up there, as Donna did, uh, to Helsinki, uh, to Oslo and Norway, if you can, uh, Stockholm and Gothenburg and Malmo and Sweden, although that's a little dicey. A lot of immigrants said uh, a lot of gangs. That's why I have guardian angels in Sweden. And actually, St. Petersburg—that's the crown jewel of Russia. You go to you go to Moscow, you're so disappointed. It's so drab. It's all block housing. You never see a private house. All the food is cold. It's like having cold cold cuts, cold borscht. And then you go to St. Petersburg, and it's like, oh my God, wow, this is czarist Russia. Moscow, none of that drab. Even Red Square is disappointing, Red Square. And then the Onion Domes, uh, the main church of the Russian Orthodox Church, you go inside, it's like there's nothing there. Maybe two tapestries and that's it. St. Petersburg, it's magnificent. 1-800-848-9222. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Now, you know, this is U2, and there was that famous downing of the U2 pilot, Gary Powers, in Russia, when Eisenhower was president. Nikita Khrushchev got him. He said, hey, we got a U2 pilot. Eisenhower said, no, we, we don't fly any aircraft over Russian space. We lied. They had Gary Powers. They paraded him out in front of the cameras. And then Dwight Eisenhower had to put his tail between his legs and then acknowledge we were sending U-2 flights over the old Soviet Union. Do you think Bono and the crew developed their name from the U-2 flight that Gary Powers was shot down over Russia with, a.k.a. the USSR? I doubt it. 
1-800-848-9222. Oh, let's go to Nicoletta calling from Cali, Cali in California. Uh, where are you calling from in California, Nicoletta? Hey, hi. Uh, Salinas. Have you ever heard of Salinas? Oh, yeah. I've been through Salinas. And in fact, you, your name is the name of my grandmother on my mother's side, whose body is Nicoletta Bianchino. Well, I am more than honored to have that name, I tell you. Wow, and how long how long have you how long have you lived in Salinas in California? Oh oh well I well I, I am I'm Italian. I'm Italian and I actually uh, spent twenty six years of my life in, in New York, in Jersey. And uh, I came here twenty nineteen and I got stuck for for because of this pandemic. Ah but so I, I, so Nicoletta, which part of Italy is your family from? Oh, I bet you know this. Trieste. Sure. Trieste and Trent, <laughs> up in the north. Trieste and Trent. Yes, very good. Very good. We, my, well, the reason why I'm here is because my, I am actually um, just a house sitting, my, my aunt's house, who happened to be uh, a war bride back in 1949. Ah. When, the, when the Allies came to free us from uh, the very evil, Yes. You know the story. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> but that area where you were from, yeah. Trieste and Trent, up near the border, yeah. uh, yeah. oftentimes the Italians yeah. there would say, oh, oh, no, we're Croatian, we're Austrian, yeah. we're yeah. Hungarian, yeah. Hungarian, we're yeah. not Italian. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, you know, I grew up speaking German. My mother is German, but, you know, German origin, so... But it's funny because when I first came to New York, and I said, "No, I, I am I am from Trieste." Oh no, that's you're Slavic. They were like, "No, you're not Italian." So yeah, they were. In yeah. fact, my father, my grandfather, Fidel Bianchino, was from Andrea yeah. Bari. So he joins right. the Italian army in World War One. In World War One, Italy was on the Allies' side, on the side of the Brits, the French, and the Americans. And right. so they, they go up to the uh, Alps, which uh, divided mm-hmm. uh, them from Austria and Hungary. Hun- the Austrian Hungary was on the side of the uh, Germans, uh, Kaiser Wilhelm. And so he convinced uh, the uh, leadership in the Italian army that he was part of. He said, uh, I'd like to be a translator because you would get a rank. You'd be a sergeant. Right. And so he told them that he could speak English. He would be the translator for them. So about... Eight, I'd say eight months they dug in and he said the Austrian and Hungarians were better soldiers than them. You know, a lot of the Italians were like, I've had it. They're leaving. And then all of a sudden the captain comes and he goes, uh, Sergeant uh, Bianchino, 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 we need the translator. British troops will be here tomorrow. And naturally, he didn't speak a word of English, so he went and he hid in the latrine for like three days, 72 hours. Can you imagine what that was like, hiding in the latrine? That's funny. Yeah, and then he got transferred. He got transferred out of that unit when they realized he didn't know a word of English. Oh, wow. You know, my my aunt tells me the story that when when the Allies first came, they were giving out, oh, this is a, a trivia question. What was the product that the Allies were giving out to to these kids? You know, we were, for a very short period of time, we were American territory. They didn't know what to do with us. You know, Tito was after us. Everybody, you know, we, we had all the invasions. But can you... 
can you think of a product that they were giving out to the kids? Very close to what we got the Russians addicted to, I'll bet. A chewing gum. Chewing gum. So was it Wrigley's or Spearmint? I cannot tell. I wasn't born back then. Sorry. I would bet you Wrigley's was right out of Chicago because that's why they named Wrigley's Field. And then spearmint gum, I'm not sure. I think the military may have had spearmint gum, but you're right. Uh, They gave that out, and boy, everybody loved that because they didn't experience that in Europe. Yes, they had no idea what chewing gum was. And then we had also, you know, I grew up in the 80s. We had big, big bubble, you know, that you could, you know, blow. Sure, (laughs) bubble gum, bubble gum. Huge, yeah, bubble gum. I mean, it was really quite a, a revolution. And, uh, you know, I am I am so proud because anything that came from America for us was like gold, was meat, a real meat. And I remember that my aunt sent us the G.I. Joe, the one with the scar, yeah. and then the, the um, Barbie and, and, and everything else. And I had a whole school. So you I had mean, you had that in Trieste? The original, in Trieste. And... And it was the original one, so the kids would just like went crazy, and so we had the whole school coming into our house. Wow! So you had the Barbie original, original yeah. Barbie, original Kendall in Trieste, right next to yes. Trent. With the, yes, with the submarine and the and the, the Barbie house and, and and anything else. I mean, and the you know the. The Jeep and all that. I mean, it was really uh, the whole school. Wow, what memories. What great memories. Oh, my goodness. May I miss the 80s. We really had great leadership back then, I have to say. Yes, yes. And now you're out in Salinas, California, where yeah. your, your governor there is like, oh. oh. <laughs> miss them. Oh, boy, no. I, I'm actually um, heading uh, back to East Florida, <laughs> hopefully. And which part of Florida? Uh, well, uh, Miami, because that's where the, the jobs are. Sure. But, uh, then I have to, to find a, a place. To, All right. To well, this, know, this I, is, this I is, how are you listening to us now, Nicoletta, in Salinas, California? WABC.com. Good. Good. So you're getting yes, the yes. stream. All day, all day long. All day long. Good. Just, uh, you are just, you know, I, I really, I have uh, seen. The, the guardian angel in New York everywhere. And I always ask, where is the boss? Where is the big boss? I want to see, I, I really like, I want to have one of your autographs. And I, and I think that you are, know that I think, I know you are a national treasure. Well, like thank Mark you. Lane. Thank you. Now, uh, yes. I want you to hold on the line, Nicoletta, and we will, yes. I will get you an autograph. We will send that to you. Oh, thank you. I, I, but I called because I know uh, the trivia question question about uh, Wendy's. Yes. You know, we, we, we love it. Yes. But before I, I say, before I tell you, I, I just want to say uh, about Salinas, I don't know, but, you know, population here is three-quarter three quarter Hispanic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're not far. You're not far. That whole area, Fresno, Salinas, Gilroy. Gilroy is the garlic capital. Monterey, that whole area. Yep. Yes. And Pebble Beach and Pacific Grove, beautiful place. But, you know, three quarters of the population is Hispanic. Well, the Salinas Police Department, three quarter is Anglo-Saxon. It's just the opposite. Isn't that something? 
Yeah, but that in time, Nicoletta, that in time will change. But let's uh, get it. Nicoletta's information. I want to get her out an autograph there. She was so kind. From Trieste, up there in the northern section of Italy, near Croatia, Austria, Hungary. That's where they sent my grandfather in World War One, and he told them, Fidelo Bianchino, oh, I could be an interpreter. Do I get a promotion? I said, yeah, we'll make you a sergeant. And then when he had to do interp- the interpreting because the English troops were coming, he hid in the latrine. You know what it's like to hide in a latrine for three days? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Shelly in uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Shell. How you doing? Oh, oh my God. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> I'll give you a slack. I'm so sorry. Because you're south of the Mason. Right, you're south of the Mason Dixon line. I'll give you some slack. Hi, man. You know I'm right. I'm originally from Delaware, but anyway. I think the um, answer to the question is uh, Gone with the Wind. That's right. That was uh, probably one of the greatest films made of all time, colorized by Ted I Turner. Love it. And it's about profiteers. It's about men who, in the war, have no loyalty to anything but money. They'll sell weapons uh, to one side or the other side. They're only interested in making money. The corporate baggers, right? Correct. Excellent. Excellent. And naturally, uh, out of the many figures in Gone with the Wind, who in your eyes really made that film as dynamic as it as it was and still is? Well, Curtis, my mother was very beautiful and she resembled they resembled each other, I should say, Vivian Lee. Mm. My mom was very pretty. And Clark Gable was great. And I mean, the whole movie is one of my favorite movies, and I think it's banned now, isn't it? No, no, it's still it's there, banned. but they, they, I think they attempted to ban it because uh, uh, the uh, female uh, servant in the house, they considered a cat, yes. they considered like a stereotype. Well, at that time, that's that's what people were. She she played the part. And they I, her very nicely, Mammy. And I think she won a supporting role, Academy supporting role. I'm not yes. quite sure, but I think it, that's true. Uh, but yes, that, that that whole movie was just outstanding. Four hours long. It's a beautiful. I love one of my favorite movies, honestly. And think of it. We we talk about uh, the barbarian that Vladimir Putin is in leveling uh, parts of the Ukraine. General Sherman was sent to level whole swaths of the South leading right through Atlanta to the sea, and they leveled it. They burned it down. They burned the crops. They took everything. Uh, they raped. They pillaged. Uh, it was a horror. They, nobody wants to talk about that because, obviously, the South tried to break from the Union and uh, continue with slavery. But what General Sherman did, and his statue is right across the street from the Plaza Hotel, the entrance to the um, Central Park there, Central Park East, uh, off of Central Park South. And it's a gold. Yeah, it's all crested in in like a, a gold finish. And every time I look at General Sherman, who burnt his way to the sea, he's somebody who beat his wife up. 
He was called a maniac, crazy. A lot of the same things they're attributing to Vladimir Putin, except General Sherman did not have nuclear weapons. Thank God. The war was over. Everyone was aware of it. And he still had his uh, men firing cannons uh, at Southerners. Horrible human being. Horrible human being. But in the history books, no, he was like deified. He was uh, like a god. What he did uh, is exactly what we are attributing to Vladimir Putin and the Russian troops right now. And yet because he was our villain, our barbarian, you know, and we won the war, it was okay. Yeah, definitely. But you talk about somebody who, who should have been charged with war crimes? As General Sherman. Sherman. Absolutely. Mm. Burnt Atlanta to the ground. Well, that was in the movie, you know, the big fire that they showed, you know. Hope the city of Atlanta was on fire in that movie. Right. They burned it down. They pillaged. They stole everything. They raped. They destroyed livestock that they didn't take themselves and they destroyed uh, all kinds of farming products. It was it, it was just just total desecration, like carpet bombing. It was just total saturation and destruction of the South. Yes, it's not very good at all. Oh, I'm not. I'm certainly not. I remember as a kid. I remember reading that, and I say we're supposed to be proud of this. The guy was a butcher. Drunk, mm. like so many of the generals were then. Grant was a drunk. Sherman was a drunk. Oh, these are our heroes. Mm, not to me. Not to me, Shelley. I know. They had a hard life, too, though. I mean, you know, you have to figure how they were living. Yeah, no, no, no. Understood. And obviously the other side at times was not any better. But they didn't have to do that to win the war. By then, they they were well on their way to winning the war. It seems to me that General Sherman took great delight out of, bur- out of having his men burn, rape, pillage, and just completely destroy. I do not like that. Scorched. It was a scorched earth policy. Right. That's not 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 fair, not right, not good. You know, um, Frank Diaz, or whatever his name is. You mean the newscaster goes, <gasps> every time yeah. he, <gasps> what does he have, asthma? Yeah. I know what's going on with that. He needs to uh, pull away from the mic or something. <laughs> he needs a, a pump. He might have asthma. I don't know. Or either that or he's yeah, in, inhaling. Really. You know, he's inhaling. Well, yeah. I don't know what he's inhaling. Who knows these youngsters here? He's not doing it before. Like tonight, it's really uh, prominent. Yeah. Yeah, you would think, right? Hey, guy, you know, edit it out. Do something. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Hi, I'm from northern Italy. My relatives come oh, from there. Oh, I see. So not far from Trieste and Trent. San Martino. Oh, that's right up there. So you're the right near Croatia. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll appreciate that, Shelly. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Love com- you, Carlos, man. Love you. Thank you. Thank you for coming up. We're gone with the wind. All about profiteers. And that's what's happening in this war, both sides. Profiteers are going to make a lot of money. So you can imagine, right? We have uh, the MiGs that the Poles want to give, and then they want them replaced by F-22s, state-of-the-art aircraft. It's a lot of money there, right?
Who's going to be making that money? The military-industrial complex. Remember what President Eisenhower told us upon his leaving the presidency. Beware of the military-industrial complex. And he was absolutely correct. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Gee, Nicoletta was going to tell us who the Wendy's uh, creator was. She, we got so enamored. I got so enamored in discussing her past, where she was from in Italy, and uh, everywhere she's been. Uh, we, I, I guess I didn't get from her the uh, trivia answer she wanted to give us. Who was the founder of Wendy's? And what fast food emporium was he with originally in which he learned all about the fast food industry? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Kevin, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Kevin. Hey, Curtis. It's good to be heard again. Uh, You and I spoke uh, on the phone uh, about a month ago whenever you asked about uh, what Alfred Hitchcock was afraid of. Ah, you nailed it. You nailed it. (laughs) Do you remember what it was? Uh, Being in the dark, right? Yes, you remembered. (laughs) Yeah, I I found that so odd. A guy who made scary movies. uh, I know. And was a perv, by the way. He was a real perv. He He had the casting couch, the whole nine yards. But he was terrified of being in the dark. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. So, um, so I wanted to let you know that, um, and I, I have, um, I have the founder of Wendy's, and uh, I didn't get a chance to Google where where he came from, but I can guess. And I also have the product uh, for Russia's addiction. Okay, so let's uh, go with the big question that has rolled over into this second hour. What is the product that we introduce to Russia that the people there, no matter where they are, whether they're wealthy, they're middle class, or they're poor, are hopelessly addicted to? I'm thinking it's uh, the way you phrase the question. You, know, you call it an addiction, and you called it a product rather than something more specific than product. So I'm guessing that it's the same thing that, uh, everybody in America is addicted to, which is worse than cocaine, sugar. Well, that's a part of the product. I mean, let's face oh, really? it, so many products have sugar in it. Look at my beloved Entenmann's that I'm sitting shiver for, the passing of Mr. Entenmann's. You know how many how many cases of Domino's sugar they must have used when they were making all of their culinary delights, the black and white cake, the corn muffins, the lemon loaf. Oh, I know. The rugula, the rugula. Did anyone ever have the Entenmann's rugula I had that one time? It was like, oh, melting in my mouth. Right. <sighs> you When when you mention Entenmann's, you make me think of my dad because he always brought home Entenmann's. Yeah, and then remember, they even they even did home deliveries for a while. Home deliveries, and people lived on Entenmann's in the morning with a cup of coffee. But now let's go back to Wendy's. Uh, who is the founder of Wendy's? So, so uh, sugar wasn't the right answer. It was just partial, right? Yeah, I'd say it. It, it is part of the product. Okay. 
Wendy's is Dave Thomas, right? Correct. And do you know where he broke into the fast food industry and learned all about it? If memory serves, I'm thinking Burger King, but I didn't get a chance to Google it. No, he he was not with Burger King. In fact, he had nothing to do with burgers. Uh, He was in the forefront, uh, uh, the high positions. I don't know if he was CEO, COO, or CFO of uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, really? Yeah. Learned learned all about uh, uh, the fast food business from the colonel, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Then I think he had like a heart attack, decided he would take early retirement, but in his early retirement, developed the concept of Wendy's and went back into it. And then I think ultimately died of a heart attack, although I'm not totally sure of that. Wow, you're a wealth of knowledge. Hey, I was really surprised to hear you. Um, you said you grew up in the largest housing project in the, in the country? No, no, that was, we were speaking of Ron Artest, uh, who was an all-star basketball player, had played for St. John's University, eventually the L.A. Lakers. He had severe anger management issues. He was a nut job, a screwball. Uh, and, uh... and when the Lakers won the championship and he was interviewed, he dedicated the championship trophy, the NBA championship trophy, to his psychiatrist because he said, without my psychiatrist, <laughs> I'd have been locked up by now. Yeah, so he grew up in what is called the Queensbridge Housing Complex, which is the largest in America of any public housing complex. In fact, it's divided into two sections. It's right along the East River underneath. And believe it or not, Kevin, uh, the bridge has three names, the 59th Street Bridge, Queensboro Bridge, Ed Koch Bridge. Why you would have three names is beyond me. And which uh, singing group? sang a song that included the 59th Street Bridge. Oh, let's see. Not the Temptations. No. No, no, Kevin. No, not the Temptations. Had nothing to do with Motown. A witch singing group consisted of two males sang a song that had to do with the 59th Street Bridge. Wow. The trivia is flying fast and furiously this morning. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Xavier, who's calling. uh, Where are you calling from, Xavier? I'm out in Jersey, uh, Curtis. Which part of Jersey? I'm uh, Matawan. Oh, Matawan. So you're down on the Jersey Shore. Yeah. Okay. Not too far. Now, the question is, what was the American product introduced to Russians uh, in 1992? In fact, uh, so much so was given out free that they are hopelessly addicted to. And if we were to cut off production, I predict in two weeks they would uh, it would destabilize Vladimir Putin and he would be ousted. Curtis, that would have to be the Hershey bar. Oh, you are so close. So close. It's not the Hershey bar. Oh, you're so close, Xavier. Oh, wow. It took us two hours. It's not the Hershey bar. Now, right, we had the sugar, the Hershey bar, boy. It is something that when you walk in, to an American supermarket, like let's say Gristidi's, and you go into the candy aisle, or you go to a candy store, you go to a luncheonette, it is like so common. 
So common. 1-800-848-9222. Call, calling back-to-back, belly-to-belly from Alabama, Gulf Shores. It's Frank. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Frankie. Yes, Frank. Hello? Yes, hello, Frank. Where are you calling from? The Bronx. Oh, the Bronx. Well, that's not the Gulf Shores of Alabama. Uh, unbelievable. Let's go to Jim uh, in Aston, New York. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jimmy. Hey, good morning, Curtis. I was going to originally say Coke, but when you, the guy said Hershey, so it was close. Am I, is it M&M's? Oh, you're even closer. Oh, 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 oh. We go from sugar to Hershey's to M&M's. No. No. We're going to have to roll this over to a third hour. Interesting. Well, maybe we'll just hold it off till the other side of midnight, which we're going to have to end up changing the name. Oh, yeah, we're going to be getting into that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll hold that off. But it just for all of you to know, it was a product created in America, advertised by America and Russia. 1992, they had billboards up. They had uh, uh, ad- advertisements on TV nonstop. It became so much a part of uh, the Russians' addiction to this product that they debated it in the Duma, which was their form of the parliament, in which they felt the CIA had purposely given out free product to get them addicted. And this was a way of Americans controlling them. But up next, we got to talk about how uh, we're going to have to pick a new name. We're no longer going to be called The Other Side. Of midnight. Not this, the weekend edition. At just by keeping the cherry in your mouth, not touching it, and then uh, naturally swallowing the cherry. That may be one of the last times that I play this song that was customized for yours truly by David Crosby, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. You remember when uh, the battle against Joe Rogan took place involving involving, uh, the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young uh, playlist. Neil Young said, oh, take me off of Spotify. And then it was quickly followed by Graham Nash, Stephen Stills, and bad boy David Crosby. But he customized this song for me because I started soon after I uh, I uh, finished the mayoral campaign losing. Eric Adams. Hey, how did that work out? Already you got people with bumper stickers that said, don't blame me. I voted for Sliwa. In the White Stone. <laughs> They're giving him out. The crime is so off the hook. What was he doing today? Playing basketball with kids the day before. He was skateboarding in uh, Lower East Side, Tompkins Square Park. Before that, doing calisthenics, isometrics at Bayside High School. 
And then he had a cameo appearance on Blue Bloods. Well, maybe he should use uh, Tom Selleck as his police commissioner, and he might get better results because nobody, I mean, nobody has seen this new police commissioner, although uh, she appeared on the uh, uh, 5 o'clock roundtable edition with uh, John Katsimatidis and his many guests. But I got to tell you, missing in action. But we're not going to talk about that right now. We got to talk about this particular program. And uh, John Katsimatidis, our owner and operator, and Margot Katsimatidis uh, took out a full page ad in the New York Post, very expensive, in which they profiled Frank Morano on one side in blue, said the other side at midnight, one to five, Monday through Fridays. And then it had me in red in my red uh, sateen garb, and it said, I forget exactly what it said, but it didn't say the weekend edition of The Other Side of Midnight. Because, you see, Frank Morano has protested too much. This all goes back to the fact that Frank Morano has scored the highest ratings in overnight radio in the history of WABC ever since we flipped uh, spinning stacks of wax top 40 and went all talk. He outdid Alan B. Combs, who was great overnight, great theater of the mind, And a guy who did even better, who I went to war with because he took one of my hours. Don't ever try to take an hour from me. But he succeeded because he was, I mean, doing BAFO ratings all across the nation. Uh, That Looney Kazuni from Arts Unknown, Art Bell, who came out of Patterson, New Jersey, up the hill. His father was a building superintendent. And uh, Art Bell would go to the rooftop with his little Sony transistor radio like so many of you, and he would be listening to Long John Nebo and Candy Jones at what was the number one news talk station at that time, WMCA in the 60s. And he learned theater of the mind. And he had great ratings. But Frank uh, recently has scored the highest all-time ratings overnight. And all I said, would you think maybe some of it was due to me uh, on the weekend edition of The Other Side of Midnight? you think some of it? Like two days, right? You got five. You got 20 hours, and I got 11 hours. This shift here, Saturday mornings is one to six. That's five hours. And then tomorrow, I resume uh, right after Tony Orlando without dawn from 12 midnight to six in the morning. So that's five plus six is 11, right? So that's about a third of the time. Frank Morano insisted, oh, no, 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 it's only me. Monday through Fridays, 1 to 5. That's how I got the ratings. I, you think maybe I contributed to that? No. And then our discussion last week, uh, right at that point when my wife uh, had finished uh, the animal welfare segment, which, by the way, is the, the most popular segment of the 20 hours that I do on the weekend. Uh, we get more calls, more people are interested uh, because of all the animal issues that we discuss, which we once again will be doing this uh, Sunday going into Monday from 12 midnight to 1. And then I turn over the microphone to the Mangalooch, the Mashad, the Mameluk, Frank Morano. And so this is what he said this past early Monday morning when it was time for me to turn over the microphones to him. This may be the last time I play this song, Frank. Some of the listeners have wanted me to call the weekend segment of The Other Side of Midnight another, give it another name. 
since it's different than yours. I, I agree. You're ruining our show's reputation. We work hard for this show. And you don't need you uh, taking 13-minute calls from uh, uh, Mike in Manhattan about nonsense, about James K. Polk and how I don't talk enough about the Mexican-American War. Uh, pick a new name. You heard him. Pick a new name. And so now we have to go on a quest, all of you ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you email me, you text me, don't sext me. Uh, email me, text me, snail mail me, uh, call. We've got to come up with a new name. Orders from headquarters, John and Margot Katsimatidis has said that uh, the other side of midnight remains with Frank Morano since he does five mornings. Uh, I only do two, so we've got to come up with a different name. And you know what this is the result of? This is the result of the fact that he just wouldn't share. I thought it's us and we, not I and me. And then, then all of a sudden I get a notification from HR. I was a bit shocked at this. Because Frank fancies himself as the whistleblower here at WABC. You know, you were talking about uh, my exposing, my whistleblowing of Curtis putting his in the mini wheat jar. So what happened was, is that in one of the breaks, and you can tell between each hour, the breaks are very minimum. I finish one hour and then it's right into the next hour. I sometimes run back to the kitchen and I like the frosted mini wheats that Margot Katsimatidis has purchased for us in addition to almost everything else. I mean, it's the full smorgasbord. We've never had a set up like this. But I like the frosted mini wheats, and I was trying to uh, pump it from the bottom. It's like a, a grain elevator. You know, you, you twist it on the bottom, and it releases what's inside, and it wasn't working. So I took the top off. I put my hand in, and Frank ratted me out. Ratted me out, said I put my hands on the mini wheats. And then what was worse is, you see... Because there are seven words that we can't say because of the FCC rules and uh, rules and regulations. You remember it was uh, George Carlin who actually did a whole bit on the seven words we can't say. And we can. We could get into very big trouble. Uh, get our owners and operators in very big trouble and also potentially threaten the license. So there's seven words you can't say. And it, there are additional words you can't say. So HR has adjusted the algorithms. It's just like what Facebook, a.k.a. Meta, does. Uh, Twitter has done. Instagram has done, which is they, they, there's specific instructions that they put into the computer system to highlight any violations of rules and regulations here at WABC. They have to do that. So they picked up Frank's discussion, brief as it was, in which he ratted me out to all of our listeners in 38 states, parts of Canada, parts of Europe, and even down to Davy Jones's locker in the Bermuda Triangle, that I had taken my bare hand and grabbed some of the mini wheats. And oh boy, did I catch hell. You know, there's still COVID going out there. Why were you putting your raw hands? Or, you know, other people eat mini wheats. Yeah, I know, I say, I understand, I understand. So as a result of that, HR made a decision that tomorrow morning, one morning only, one morning only, I will be docked one hour from the show. So Izzy, 
we will only be doing five hours. We will not be doing the normal six hours. And you know that hurts me worse than docking me pay or anything else. That hurts. And HR said, it better not happen again. Now I'm thinking to myself, there are things that Frank Morano has done that are somewhat suspect when it comes to the kitchen and all the foods that have been made available by John and Marco Katsimatidis, like when he was snoring from the trays of food in the Frigidaire refrigerator that he himself admitted to. You know what? They have all these trays of food in the refrigerator, and I thought, let me let me see what else is there. Maybe there's a salad or something. But there's so many trays of food that, I couldn't take one of the trays out to look at what was in the other trays without having some of the sandwiches that were in that tray, you know, be obstructed, right, and and almost fall to the ground because it was it was you know too big. So I didn't want to reshuffle. It was like playing Tetris with all these trays of food. Now tell me, he didn't touch some of the food in those trays, huh? You know how Frank Morano is. He's a real schnorer. There used to be a lot of snorers in radio years ago. You know, they wanted anything for free on the cuff. I'm not paying for it. So he was snoring food out of the trays of food that are here for the staff of WABC. Not for Frank Morano. Took some of those sandwiches. And then, then he got a little freaky deaky. And I, look, I'm sorry. All is fair in war. We're not talking, uh, you know, the invasion of the Ukraine. We're not talking about weaponry. But the fact is that I lost an hour tomorrow, tomorrow morning. It took one hour for me because I put my hands on the frosted mini wheats when I dug them out because I couldn't get them out of the bottom tourniquet. And they, they film everything back there, you know, because you got cameras everywhere. You have to have that. And so they went to the videotape and they cold busted me. Why did they cold bust me? Because Frank Morano talked about it on the radio, ratted me out. And the algorithms picked that up. So they went to the videotape. It's like Warner Wolf to the videotape. And they cold busted me. Well, I'm going to have to cold bust Frank Morano. I think he's got a foot fetish. I really do. You know, there are two high heel shoes here. Did you know that? Look at there. Whose shoes could these be? They're from Nine West. Look, they're, um, I can't tell the size. Oh, it's a nine and a half medium. We know exactly who they belong well, to. Is it Lydia? It's, yeah, it's Lydia. It's got it. Yeah, she's got, she used to have a supply of shoes. So there you go. Those of you watching at WABCRadio.tv, you can see Lydia's shoes here. It was International Women's Day, so maybe she, maybe it's, uh, there were a lot of women in here. I guess these are Lydia's shoes. He's a freak. He's got a foot fetish. Now, look, it's harmless. If you remember, I'm trying to remember her name, one of um, Donald Trump's wives, the one he divorced who was from down south, Georgia. Can't seem to remember her name. Maybe some of you can out there. She had an assistant at Trump Tower who would go through her closet and would take her shoes, her six-inch stacked spiked heels. And uh, Donald uh, Trump swore out uh, a warrant for his arrest with the police department. And when they went to his house, they found like 
dozens of these six-inch stacked-inch uh, heels of not to, oh Marla Maples that was her name Marla Maples, wife of uh, pretty sure Marla Maples right was married to uh, Donald Trump, and her assistant was cold busted with about two dozen uh, stacked six inch heels, ladies and gentlemen. If you remember that, please uh, uh, coordinate with me on this uh, very serious charges that were leveled against me, and as a result, I've got the one hour taken from me tomorrow morning. They claim it's going to go back to normal after that if I, if I, as long as I don't put my hands on the frosted mini wheats back there. Can you believe this, ladies and gentlemen? This is what it's gotten down to. 1 800 848 9222. That's 1 800 848 WABC. But we do need a new name since uh, Frank Morano, uh, he has more. Um, Juke said to station now because he does five mornings a week, one to five. He has the highest ratings with the other side of uh, midnight. And as you heard him tell me, right, changing the name. So we got to come up with a new name. We got to do it within a week. Because uh, John and Marco Katsimatidis, Red Apple Media, might actually be doing some more advertising uh, like they did the full page ad in the New York Post, which a lot of people saw. But now I need to have my own name of the time that I do. It's really juvenile, don't you think? It could have been the weekend edition of The Other Side of Midnight, but no, no, Frank Moran said no, absolutely not. I put my six-inch stiletto heels down on this. You don't think Frank walks around in six-inch stiletto heels, do you? Freaky! 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Anthony in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Anthony. Hey, Curtis. Um, you, I think you, uh, you said it already, Skittles. Oh, Skittles. So you think uh, that the Americans, the CIA, along with their corporate allies, gave out yeah. free packages of Skittles to the Russians in 1992 getting them hopelessly addicted, and then beginning a advertising campaign that got it into every dacha, every nook, cranny, corner, every supermarket and grocery store from Siberia to the border with the Ukraine. That or possibly a starburst. Well, Anthony, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. Wow, this has been a tough one. People have gotten very close, but no 10-cent cheap cigar that Frank Morano has been known to smoke from time to time. By the way, uh, there might be a problem here. Uh, could I hear that uh, Frank uh, Diaz uh, uh, weekend update, please? Could I, could I hear that, Izzy? Because I'm getting a lot of reaction from people who think he either has an asthma problem or he's been vaping. During the broadcast. Could you play that back, please? From around the world to around the block, this is a WABC. This is your weekend news update. Hello, everyone. I'm Frank Diaz. Here's some of your top stories for the week. Almost $14 billion in U.S. aid could be on its way to war-torn Ukraine. Congressional leaders have reached agreement on the aid package, part of a larger funding package to keep the federal government operating. Here's Democratic U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York on the deal. The clearest signal 
Congress can send to Vladimir Putin this week is passing a bipartisan aid package, leaving no doubt that the democratic nations of the world stand with Ukraine and against Putin's deeply immoral and bloody war. Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. That's enough. That's enough. He did that three times. So do we think that our news guy, Frank Diaz, uh, was vaping? And God only knows what he was vaping, right? Uh, Or do you think uh, he has an asthma problem and didn't hit his pump before he did that weekend news update? Can you imagine if he was on Saturday Night Live doing that weekend news update and he was... (gasps) people would say, oh, he's probably been vaping, right, at uh, 30 Rock. Or he's having an asthma attack and he didn't have his pump. What do you think it is? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. In the meantime, let's go to Andre calling from the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Andre. Hello. Yes, Andre. Uh, I have the answer to the question. Um, All right, let me rephrase the question. It is what American product was handed out free of charge to Russians in 1992? I saw this myself, then advertised on billboards and on television, uh, creating uh, Russians who just have a hopeless addiction to this product, so much so if we were to cut them off now, I guarantee you within two weeks they would sack Vladimir Putin as emperor of Russia. I believe it's cigarettes or coffin nails. All right, so cigarettes or what? Coffin nails. Cough and nails. Co- coffin nails. They would call them coffin nails. Okay, you know, okay. The yes, more you do yes. it, the more you get hurt. That's right, that's right. Well, look, they smoke a lot. And they have their own brands of tobacco, which are very cheap. And then, naturally, American brands that they pay an incredible amount for. Not quite what we do here with all the taxes in New York and New Jersey. It's like $17 a pack, those that are taxed cigarettes as opposed to the untaxed. Uh, but, no, 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 that, uh, you, you couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong, Andre. Cigarettes were in Mother Russia long before the revolution. That's right, that sacked the czar. And brought Lenin to power. By the way, Lenin's birthday is coming up. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to go into it, but a certain individual here at WABC will be celebrating that birthday, not here, but in Hawaii. And there is some linkage between Hawaii, Lenin, and the personality who broadcasts here. Although it's not Frank Diaz with his... <gasps> Uh, he has asthma, he needs to pump, or he's vaping. And again, I'd like to know what he's vaping. I don't think it's tobacco. You know, I don't think it's that, uh, what can we call it, that peppermint tobacco that some of them like to vape. I have a feeling that it could be that wacky tobacco. one 800 Let's see if uh, we can go to Tom in Breezy Point, the Irish Riviera, where so many people were out last week for the uh, beginning of the St. Patrick's Day Parade season to meet and greet uh, yours truly, Andrew Giuliani, running for governor on the Republican line. And, yes, Michael Buttigieg, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, uh, Curtis, um, the answer to that question about uh, about the song was uh, Harper's Bazaar, I think. Harper's Bazaar. Yeah, feeling Mm. groovy? Feeling groovy. All right. That's uh, 
Uh, we in Italian, we would say that's a mezza mezza poco poco answer. Do you know what that means, Tommy? Uh, I think it means I'm a correcto. Uh, no, it means half and half, mezza mezza poco poco. So you, Tom, I'm assuming are Irish, right? Absolutely, yes. Of course, everybody in Breezy Point, almost everybody <laughs> is Irish. Uh, uh, will you be attending the big parade on the 17th uh, in uh, the city up Fifth Avenue? No, not at my age. Just, I, I've been to about 10, so that's enough for me. Uh, but you got Lasagna Lane down here in Breezy, too, you know. Oh, no, I know that. Yeah. Lasagna, and the bigger Lasagna Lane is uh, down past Broad Channel and Howard Beach. I mean, that's Lasagna yeah. on both sides of Cross Bay Boulevard. Absolutely, yes. You're now, right. uh, did, you, uh, did you hear about Rudy and Andrew there last week uh, for the start of the St. Patrick's Day parades in uh, the Rockaways? Yes, I did, and I saw you when you were here with the uh, in Breezy uh, when you were running for running for mayor. That's I right. Month, That's right. Yeah. I hit Breezy Point. I won it overwhelmingly. The Ponds, it Rockaway, Rockaway Beach, Broad Channel, Howard Beach. Thank you for all the votes you gave me there. And by the way, people are starting to have bumper stickers on their cars, Tom, that say, "Don't blame me. I voted for Sliwa." Absolutely. Yep. And uh, also, Hattie McDaniels won the Academy Award and Gone with the Wind. And Entenmann's is, uh, was on Bedford Avenue and Erasmus Street because I used to go to Erasmus Hall High School. In the afternoon, you smell like that cake cooking all, all day long. Oh, so good there. By the way, did you go right. to uh, Erasmus uh, High School when the Schnoz went there, Barbara Streisand? No, I'm after her. I went there in 69 to 73. All right, so uh, was Billy Cunningham playing there, uh, basketball? No, he's playing basketball in Philadelphia already. No, no, I, oh, okay, all right. So, yeah, okay, so my timeline is a little off there. But I must tell you, when I first passed Erasmus off of Flatbush in church, and I saw it, right, I saw it, I thought it was like a college campus. It was a big school. Mag- was magnificent edifice. And then you had, like, the green inside. Like, uh, you walk in. It was that magnificent yard there. And I said, wow, this must be maybe Brooklyn College. This is when I was a little kid. And my mom, Francesca, yeah. said, no, no, no. Brooklyn College is down by the junction where Flatbush meets Snowstrand. Right. This is Erasmus Absolutely. High School. And I said to her, this is a high school? Yeah, it was great. I want to go to this high school. It was, like, unbelievable. It was gigantic. And, you know, inside, that the old building there was the original high school, and it was built in 1789. 1789? I, I believe so, yes. The original building right there. Inside. It looked like a movie set. Yeah, now, absolutely. Now, first time I was asked to come give a speech at a public school was Erasmus. It was a history teacher. He called me up at our uh, headquarters, which was my apartment off of West Fordham Road uh, in the uh, Bronx, right next to St. Nicholas at Tallentine on University Avenue. He said, would you come and speak to my class? Because they're all talking about the guardian angels and why this city is opposed to you. I said, sure. So I showed up and, you know, I walked into that magnificent underneath the the, uh, column that leads into that green area. And the dean, the dean met me right away with the principal and said, you're trespassing. I said, I was invited by, and then I realized I better not rat out the teacher. 
because don't give up nobody. That's right here. Yeah. I he sounded like a young guy on the phone, so I know he didn't have tenure from the UFT. And I think that uh, at that time it was still Albert Shanker who was in charge of the UFT. So I didn't yeah, rat him out. And you know what the dean did to me? He handcuffed me and walked me outside and then said, you see the station over there? Get on it and go back to the Bronx. Oh, wow. Wow. That was, that was 1979. Oh, wow. You know, the campus inside is so beautiful in the springtime. I mean, the plants and trees. And the, and the smell from the uh, the uh, trees is so. I mean, it was so great, man. Now, did you ever go to the football games, uh, the high school football games for Erasmus? No, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. They had that field right along the uh, subway line, the, the elevated train line, a nice field. And you know who was named after? I do not. No. Al Davis, who was the owner-operator of the Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had, didn't know that. He had gone there. Uh, Al Davis, I've oftentimes said, is similar uh, in his life and times of running the uh, Oakland Raiders, who won many, many Super Bowls, World Championships. Uh, is like our own uh, owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, because he always believed in giving somebody a second chance. Remember? Absolutely. On the weekends, you guys are the best. I mean, this is the best station right now on radio. i tell you that much right now. Well, remember it. Before John Katzmatidis owned it, bought it, and saved us, uh, there was all infomercials on the weekend. There was no reason to listen to us. Now you have all live programming. What a tremendous transition. That's why we're the number one news talk station in the nation again. Absolutely. It's great. Well, thank you. Cousin Brucey is my favorite favorite Saturday night personality. Cousin Brucie, uh, 6 to 10, followed by Tony Orlando without Dawn from 10 to 12, and then I come on. And you're right, Cousin Brucie, to this day, everybody in the point, Greasy Point, would get up and listen to Cousin Brucie like they did at the old WABC when they were teenagers. You hear it blasted in the summertime down here. That's right. And by the way, Tom, when I was a kid, I went to Brooklyn Prep Jesuit High School in Crown Heights. A lot of the Irish guys there in Breezy Point, the Ponds, and Rockaway went there. They would take the bus across then the Gill Hodges Bridge to the junction and take the train up to Crown Heights. So one time they invite me. They say, oh, you got to come out here, Curtis. The girls from Stella Maris are going to be out here. The beach is magnificent. Uh, We can't get you a pass because you don't live here uh, you, you're like a, you're a mutt. You're part Italian. You're part <laughs> Polish. You got to be Irish to come out here. So I want they they had me walk along the beach from like you know where Fort Tilden is. Yeah, absolutely. Oh right? yeah. Sure. So I walk all along the beach. It's dark except for the stars up in the sky. I'm walking right onto the property of Breezy Point. I figure I made it. I'm going to go to the house party, the beach party. I'm going to find one of those uh, beautiful Colleen's from Stella Maris. They were all Irish, all with freckles. And all of a sudden. Well, the nurses, too. The yeah. nurses, too, Curtis. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, two guys roll up on me in this, like, Jeep. Hey, who are you? Yeah, they're tough. Yeah. And I said, uh, my name is Curtis Lee. Well, what are you doing here? I said, well, I know some of the guys. You'll go to my high school. They invited me here. Slee, well, what kind of name is that? I said, it's uh, Polish. He said, Polish? Said, we don't have any Polish people out here. <laughs> do you have do you have the ID? Because you had to have an ID to go in because it's a private community. I said, sir, I don't have an ID. 
I'll show you the uh, the SGO car they have from Brooklyn Prep High School. He said, we know a lot of prepsters out here. They're all Irish. And guess what? You ain't getting in. Yeah, it was tough. God. It was real tough. They, they, they're a little more lax now, but uh, I guess they went to tourist dollars. But uh, I know years ago they were tough. Yeah, that's uh, before Superstorm Sandy. And then they welcomed everybody who was going to come in there and try to fix the place. Oh, I remember those days. Waiting for the girls to come out of Stella Maris. I was playing JV football at that time at Brooklyn Prep. Patty Roach was the uh, quarterback uh, from the Rockaways. He ended up working for the fire department in Metro Tech and had like a triple heart attack and somehow survived it. Then there was Danny Farrell. He was the fullback from the Rockaways, Irish. Tommy Coyne, the halfback uh, from the Rockaways, Irish. And I was the flanker. And they never threw me the ball. I'd be wide open. I'd be doing jumping jacks. Hey, Patty, uh, you see me out here? I was number 22. You couldn't miss me. Because I wasn't Irish, they didn't throw me the ball. They'd either hand off to Danny Farrell, hand off to Tommy Coyne, or Patty Roach himself would uh, run as a quarterback. i say, hey, here I am. There's nobody on me. I got bupkis out there. I got ugats. That's how strong the Irish were as we approached St. Patrick's Day, the main day on the 17th uh, up Fifth Avenue. In fact, I'll be out in the neck, Throg's Neck, the Bronx. I'll have Anthony, my oldest son, with me. We'll be at the annual St. Patrick's Day parade in Throg's Neck on Sunday starting at 12 noon. Hope to see you out there. Andrew Giuliani will be out there, who I'm encouraging uh, you all to vote for in the Republican primary so he could become the next governor of uh, New York and beat either Hochul or, believe it or not, Cuomo, who, if you were listening to Dominic Carter in the recent poll, she's only ahead of him by three or four points. It's Cuomo. This is this is Andrew Evilites. Cuomo's only like three, four points behind in the polls. one 800 Let's go to John in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Johnny. You there, Curtis? Loud and clear, John. Listen, just call the new show, the new name, Conversations with Curtis. All right, so Conversations with Curtis, okay. And that's a good one, Conversations with Curtis. Uh, That's what you do. You have conversations with people. That is true. I'm the only one who really has long conversations with people. Many of the other hosts or hostesses, they just want to hear themselves talk, so they pretty much truncate. You can throw your last name in there, too, if you want. Conversations with Curtis Lewa, but I like conversations with Curtis. All right, that's a good idea, John. In fact, let's go back to the uh, pretentious... Oh, he's so obstinate, Frank Morano, who triggered all this. Triggered all this. This may be the last time I play this song, Frank. Some of the listeners have wanted me to call the weekend segment of The Other Side of Midnight another, give it another name, since it's different than yours. I, I agree. You're ruining our show's reputation. We work hard for this show. And don't need you uh, taking 13-minute calls from... Uh, uh, Mike in Manhattan about nonsense about James K. Polk and how I don't talk enough about the Mexican-American War. Uh, pick a new name.
You hear that, John? You hear that? I heard it. I heard. Yeah. So, okay, so I'm I'm putting this down. First nominations, conversations with Curtis or conversations with Curtis Sliwa. There you go. Good, good, John. We're going to stick it to Frank Morano. How do you like that? How sarcastic was that 13-minute conversation? Of course, because if it's a good conversation, you get to talk. Not the host and the hostess. You, because that's what talk radio is about. Your turn to be heard. Let's, in fact, go to, uh, I believe it's Renee in Jersey. Uh, Welcome to WABC, Renee. Good morning, Curtis. Pardon me. I so look forward to your show every weekend, and I think you should simply call it Weekends with Sliwa. Ooh, that's an even better one. Weekends I love it. with Sliwa. Now, you know, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to run this up to flagpole with Red Apple Media, the suits, the mockers, the muckety mucks, the general manager, the capo di tutti, Chad Lopez, the owners and operators, uh, John and Margot Casamitidis, not Frank Morano. He has no say in all of this. But I like that, Renee. Weekends with Sliwa. This way you have the entire quote unquote weekend and it's your name. Excellent. Excellent. I hope uh, I hope we can. Uh, we want all of you giving a call. It's your turn to be heard. I, I need your help. I've been basically told by Frank Morano, you heard him. Go get another name. Wow, he's lobbying against me having that same name. Remember, it was the other side of midnight weekend edition. No, he, he won't allow for that. 1-800-848-9222. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Such a great song. Coco Harum. Yes, yes. Here it comes, the chorus. Love Proko Haram. Oftentimes they'd be singing about being out at sea, which I'd always equate to my father Chester, who was away eight months of the year as a merchant seaman and home four months on leave. And this song, and one of their other songs, I think Salty Dog by Proko Haram, always resonated to me. But A Whitest Shade of Pale, that's Frank Morano for what he did to me. As a result of um, him talking about me touching the frosted mini wheats in the kitchen with my bare hands and not getting it from the dispenser, HR is taking an hour from me uh, tomorrow morning's program. An hour. 
Wow. And they said, I got to watch it because they got the algorithms out there. Should I be violating any of the rules and regulations established here by our parent company, Red Apple Media, for WABC, its hosts and hostesses? You know, this could be happening on a repetitive basis. That I got to watch. They say, watch your P's and Q's. What the hell does that mean? Watch your P's and Q's. Does anybody have any idea what watch your P's and Q's means? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But right now, we are taxed with trying to come up with a new name for the weekend edition of what used to be The Other Side of Midnight, although I'm not permitted to use that name any longer by Frank Morano. Let's go to Chris in the Catskills. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Chris. Curtis, Raising the Roof, Weekends with Curtis Sliwa on WABC. Ooh, I like that. Raising the Roof. It's a throw, it's a it's an analogy to uh, you know, the your clubbing days. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Raising Did the roof. You ever go to miracles in Nanuet between like say nineteen eighty seven to nineteen ninety five? No, I didn't cross the Hudson. I didn't go to Nanuet, although I know, look, Nanuet, uh, they had some hot uh, hot activity there. And Nyack, too. Nyack with all of the uh, hippy-dippies there and the counterculture. You're a master of the grind. You would have loved that club, Curtis. It was right next door to a strip club, actually. Stilettos or something. Are you sure that uh, our head engineer... Uh, it's not there, Dan the man, because, you know, he's out by the tower. Our, our... Hey, Curtis, you're not. What parade are you going to tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, the parade that, uh, no, that's Sunday. Uh, so, well, actually, you're right. Tomorrow it is uh, Sunday. All right, you, can't, you guys aren't going to be able to make it up to the one in Kingston, but I checked around. I called. So, all right, when I got into the legislature Eight and a half years ago, I was the guy that flipped it to Democratic control. Mm. I was the 12th man out of 23. My victory, I took out a a Republican that was in for 18 years. At that time, the Democrats in Ulster County, that was only the second time they had control of the legislature in six years out of 46 years. Now, fast forward to, to today, it ended up being 13 to 10. There's only seven Republicans today. It's 16 to seven. Five of those Republicans I served with, and I contacted all of them. Uh, one of them, Herb Litz, represents Town of Lloyd Highland. He's friends with Rudy Giuliani. Rudy called him personally. A friend of his died in the 9-11 Towers. Well, you know, that's something that I'll bring up to my Kumbada Cheech, Rudy Giuliani. But uh, Sunday, it is uh, Throg's Neck in the Bronx, the annual St. Patrick's Day Parade. I'll be there with my oldest son, Anthony, Andrew Giuliani, who I'm supporting to become the next governor. First, he's got to win the Republican primary. And maybe even, who knows, maybe even my Cumbaticic, Rudy Giuliani, who has been going to Staten Island campaigning for his son. It's like Rudy's living in Staten Island. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, Frank, who's calling all the way from Ohio, the heartland of America, the Buckeye State. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Frank. Good morning, Curtis. You've had better days than me, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Got, I, got the, I got the deal with the candy. It's uh, Reese's, Pe- Reese's Pieces. Oh, you're so close. You're so close. No, it, it, it ain't that. 
Frank, uh, sayonara. Wow. They're dancing around, man. They're like so close. What is the product, again, that America distributed throughout Russia in 1992? Remember at the end of Glasnost, uh, Perestroika, the guy with the wine stain in his head. You remember Gorbachev? Uh, Yeltsin took over. The oligarchs just stole everything there in Russia at that time. But America introduced a product that Russians became addicted to. And it became such a strong addiction that they debated it in the Duma, which is their former parliament, that it was an American plot by the CIA to do mind control because you'd be so addicted to this product, you would be answerable to not the Kremlin, You'd be answerable to whoever was the president in Washington, D.C. Let's go to Roger calling from Massachusetts. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Roger. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, a few things. Number one, watch your P's and Q's. Then we're short, but watch your pints and quarts back uh, in the first, you know, Early on, like in the 1700, late 1700s, um, and if you're in a pub and you're getting, you know, they tell you you're getting too drunk, they tell you, mind your pints and quarts or P's and Q's, that's where I read that that's where that came from. That, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Watch your pints and quarts because if you're half in the bag, there's a good chance that it would be on the counter and somebody else would slurp it up, right? There you go. All right. Now, uh, you you asked me a question a few weeks ago, and a day a day or so afterwards, I thought about it. You asked me who, um, which uh, street radical was from Worcester, Mass. And I thought about it, and I wondered if it was Abby Hoffman. Absolutely, you couldn't be more hopelessly right. You are correct, Abby Hoffman. And is it Reese's peanut butter cups? No, the, uh... no. I mean, okay. people, right. look, look, uh, close. No cigar. But he got Abby Hoffman. Abby Hoffman, remember, uh, head of the Yipsters, along with Jerry Rubin. Interesting, Abby Hoffman was from Wooster, Massachusetts, mostly Polish at the time. Uh, and then uh, Jerry Rubin, who was more like the business guy, but became a Yipster. Believe it or not, years later, I think uh, Jerry Rubin uh, died uh, when he was walking across the street in Los Angeles and got clipped. I don't know if you saw that video of that young girl got clipped up in Washington Heights. You think I got hit hard three days before the election by that yellow cab in front of Radio City Music Hall when I was running the WABC? There was the video played over and over of this car that hit this young lady. She's in critical condition at Columbia Presbyterian in Washington Heights. She was thrown so far, and they're claiming that this guy was going the speed limit. Are you kidding? He was speeding. Now, she did cross over on the red light like I did when I got hit. But, oh, my God, she got hit like 10 times harder. Thank God. I hope she's still alive. But even when Nancy looked at it, she goes, are you kidding? That guy... Well, he wasn't going 20 miles an hour, 25. It looked like he was going 50 or more. Some of you may have seen that. It was played over and over on the news. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Justin, who's calling from Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Justin. 
Caritas, man, I have to say, I've always agreed with you on all of your uh, your political points. But And by the way, mind your P's and Q's. It actually means mind your pints and quarts, but it also means that keep your head down and keep focused on your pint and quart and don't listen to anybody else in the bar. Ah, good, good. All right, yeah, that was a good really, addendum. Not to be spilt with, but it's like, you know, I voted for you, man. But I have to tell you something. Uh, like, I listen to you on the radio, and I'm like, why do you talk so much trash about Frankie Murano? The guy is brilliant. You guys have the same exact point of views. Everything is really going the same way. You do give people the uh, uh, more respect as, as he cuts people off. I, I understand that. But, like, I mean, I would look at you as a rat. Like, the way you talk about him, you're supposed to be coworkers. You're on the same side. Like, why do you talk so much trash about this guy? He really has a great radio show, and he talks a lot of good stuff. Justin, you're aware that I'm in trouble. I'm losing an hour on tomorrow morning's program because, uh, actually, if you could, Izzy, just play 35 there. Simple thing that Frank said on the radio uh, about being a whistleblower. You know, he was talking about uh, my exposing, my whistleblowing of Curtis putting his in the mini wheat jar. Now, that, Justin, uh, appeared in an algorithm that the HR monitors human resources to make sure that we're not saying words we shouldn't and jeopardize the uh, license, uh, the FCC license, the seven words that George Carlin talked about. But they picked up on that, and they questioned me, and I didn't lie. I said, yeah, yeah, I reached in, and I took the uh, frosted mini-wheats with my bare hand. They said, you can't do that under normal circumstances. That's like being a barbarian, but especially there's still COVID-19. And because of that, they took an hour from me tomorrow morning. Now, come on. Who's the rat here, Justin? You're right. You know what? I didn't know that whole story right there. But didn't you start this whole entire thing? No, no. Listen, I want you to I mean, listen. I was listening to him. I mean, because you took over Frankie Russo, which is fine, which is great, actually. It's 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 fantastic. I think you're, you're you know, way above that level. He was, he was a govone. But it, it was, it, it, I don't know, I just, I never heard him talk anything bad about you. Well, wait, 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 wait. The, the other, the other week, while my wife was on the radio, I might add, when we were passing off the microphone to Frank, who then started his weekly 20 hours of the other side of midnight, one to five. Remember, I do the animal welfare hour with my wife. And the last okay. few minutes is to, to Frank. And I want you to listen to this and you tell me what you think. This may be the last time I play this song, Frank. Some of the listeners have wanted me to call the weekend segment of The Other Side of Midnight another, give it another name, since it's different than yours. I I agree. You're ruining our show's reputation. We work hard for this show. And don't need you uh, taking 13-minute calls from uh, uh, Mike in Manhattan about nonsense, about James K. Polk and how I don't talk enough about the Mexican-American War. Uh, pick a new name. Say that, Justin? I, I hear it. I'm listening. Now, I was happy you know? to keep it the weekend edition of The Other Side of Midnight, but you know how this uh, this uh, chasm uh, took place is that Frank got the best ratings overnight that any show ever had at WABC Talk Radio, better than Alan B. Combs did when he was overnight, better than even yeah. the Looney Kazuni from Parts Unknown, Art Bell. 
But it all came about after I took over for Frankie Russo. Remember, on the weekends, the numbers scored. Now, the bulk of the number, the rating isn't me. I'm only two days out of the five days. But he refused to give me any credit and, in fact, insists that I change the name now so that uh, it's his rating oh, so and his rating he alone. He did insist. Okay. Yeah. Right. See? See? I'm not. Look. I didn't want to change hey, the wait, name. So I would have been... come up with a name. We got to come up with a name. Yeah, I got to come up with a name, and I got to do it within a week because management says, "Well, he's the ratings king. You know, you contributed to his uh, number, but he's got five days. You only got he's two. Good. He's good, though. He really. I mean, come on, I mean, I, I, Casamitidis did take the station to a whole other level. Yes, he did. You yes, know, it's it really is. I, I actually it's late. I work late nights. I I, uh, I do real estate during the day and then I bartend at night. So by the time I get home, I like to throw on some some political, you know, some good stuff. Sure. Stuff that I agree with. I don't I don't like to throw on Netflix. I'm not one of I'm not a Netflix moron. So. Well, you know, if you were in Russia right now, you couldn't binge on Netflix. <laughs> they pulled the plug. <laughs> Netflix pulled the plug. Oh man. I wish I could come up with something for you with the. Uh, well, I tell you what, think think about it, Justin, and then call back like any of you. We're running out of time. Frank Morano insists he no longer wants this uh, referred to as the weekend edition of the Other Side of Midnight. So we have to have a name by the end of this weekend: the Suits, the Mockers, the Muckety Mucks. General Manager Campo de Tutti, Chad Lopez, uh, wants uh, a new name, as does the owners and operators, John and Margot Casamitidis of Red Apple Media. So uh, I'm under pressure now. I need some help. Let's go to Gina in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Gina. Hi, Curtis. I think the song was the 59th Street Bridge song sung by um, the, the duo... Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel. That is correct. You got that right. You got that right. Is the Russian addiction TikTok? Uh, No, a lot of the younger people are addicted to TikTok over there as they are all around the world now. In fact, do you ever no. do you ever look at the? Oh, you're talking about Tic Tacs, no, Tic Tacs, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, see, that's a generational <laughs> thing. I figure you're mentioning TikTok. It's the yeah. online. Oh wow! Did you? No, oh, Gina, you don't you don't look at TikTok, do you? Not, not at all, no. Well, to, That's good stuff. To all those listeners out there, any of them who happen to ever breeze through TikTok, they got to check my TikTok uh, posting. It's like it's over 130,000 people following me on that. Hey, what happened to Gina? She hung up. Although she, she did get the answer. Simon and Garfunkel. I really hate, I despise, I loathe Garfunkel with a passion. Tell you a story about that Looney Kazuni from Parts Unknown. As you know, he broke up with Paul Simon. No friend of mine either. What was he out there in uh, New Canaan, uh, Connecticut, in his mansion? And he's like, you know, he's a shrimp compared to his wife, who's like a giant. And I think he he, uh, domestically abused his wife. Remember, he was in court on that. I said, how could that happen? He would have had a guy on a ladder to hit her. But somehow he domestically abused her. Hopefully they patched it up. But I never liked Paul Simon. But I really didn't like Garfunkel, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Garfunkel came to perform at the great empresario, the Swifty Lazar of all politics at the time, Marty Markowitz. 
the Brooklyn Borough president, the cruise king extraordinaire, and the best promoter of Brooklyn that it's ever had. He had the free concerts in Luna Park. So he invited uh, Garfunkel to come, and Garfunkel tells him, if I see any police officers in the audience in their blue uniforms, I'm leaving right now. Now, meantime, there's like 4,000 people waiting to hear the concert. There'll be a riot of all the, uh, the Depends crowd. And so Marty Markowitz went to the local police commander from the 60th Precinct in Coney Island that covers the area. He said, you guys be in the back there so he can't see you because he's ready to bolt if he sees blue uniforms. Now, can you imagine this? Garfunkel, who grew up, what, in Forest Hills, went to Forest Hills High School along with Paul Simon. What, when they had like three shifts, four shifts? I don't know. But now all of a sudden he has an aversion to police who probably protected his tuchus at so many of those concerts when they were number one, Simon and Garfunkel, second to none. And now all of a sudden, if I see the cops, uh, I'm, I'm doing the bird out. Speaking of the cops... We got to give you a crime update up next. Yes, transgenders commit crime too. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight because I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kick Capri. Funk Master Flex, Love Bug Star Ski. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call a crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. Oh, it was the 25th anniversary of the notorious Biggs murder that they haven't solved yet outside of the NAACP Achievement Awards ceremony in Los Angeles as part of West Coast, East Coast Rap Wars that then eventually led to Tupac getting iced. Just remember, Sean Puff, Daddy Combs has his fingerprints all over this. Having graduated from, uh, having graduated from uh, Sean Puff Daddy Academy there. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, what high school am I talking about? That P. Diddy graduated from coming out of Mount Vernon, but going to school in the Bronx. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Notorious Big, who in some of his raps talking about mugging people, robbing people, and selling crack to pregnant mothers. I mean, come on. What a degenerate. And they want to honor this guy. Plus, he went to Catholic school. He made it seem like he's eating sardines. No, no, no. His mother worked hard. They grew up in the project. She sent him to Catholic school. He was not eating. Does Biggie Smalls look like he was living on sardines? Give me a break. 1-800-848-9222. First off, uh, as crime continues to skyrocket, our mayor styling and profiling, getting wine-dined and pocket-lined out there, is doing everything other than dealing with the skyrocketing crime problem. 200% increase in just one week alone in the subways. 
let's see, Eric Adams was um, Tompkins Square Park. He was skateboarding, proving that white boys can't skateboard because he could not. Then he was doing a Jack LaLanne demonstration at his uh, high school that he went to, Bayside High School. Then he was playing uh, basketball with some young kids outside of their school in the schoolyard earlier today. And then he had a cameo appearance on Blue Bloods where uh, Tom Selleck is the police commissioner uh, doing a much better job, Tom Selleck, on Blue Bloods than his uh, police commissioner who is like MIA other than her appearance uh, with John Katsimatidis on the uh, 5 o'clock roundtable. She has not shown up at precincts, transit police pranks, uh, police precincts. She has not been at the housing police units, nothing. She's invisible. And the crime is skyrocketing. By the way, does Eric Adams not realize that you got to work as mayor? You can't be skateboarding, doing isometrics, playing basketball. It's like you got to get focused on the crime. In fact, that was just the point of Greg Kelly, who you can listen to every Monday through Fridays from 1 to 3 here at WABC. Hey, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. I'm going to I got to push Ukraine out of my mind for a moment. We got our own war right here. Crime is up 45% in the month of February. Hey, we're all as great ideas, as big ideas. After all, Eric Adams was a police officer, wasn't he? Of some kind? Didn't he uh didn't he tell us all that stuff? Yeah, he did, and a lot of you dummies believed it. You dummies, not you, my listeners, but uh, you folks at the New York Times, even you people who should know better at the New York Post, you endorse this creep. He doesn't have a clue. You know, you don't have to endorse uh, just automatically. You don't. You can blow it off. When you have somebody of no integrity, no ability, no record, And just because he looks good in a suit and you guys feel like virtue signaling, you guys feel like, look at us, we're endorsing the black candidate. Wow, wow, wow. Well, we've got to pick up the pieces. That's for sure, Greg Kelly. I mean, what has Eric Adams done in terms of public safety? Ugats, bubkis, nothing. Crime is worse in his first eight weeks. Than it was in any eight weeks of Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, in his eight years. Then my Kumbadicic, Rudy Giuliani, weighed in right after Greg Kelly about the failed mayoralty of Eric Adams in dealing with public safety. Mayor Adams has now finally going to put out his uh, answer to having an anti-crime unit. I don't know what he called He doesn't want to use that name. I mean... They just removed more guns from the city than any unit in the history of the city or any other city. They just reduced crime more than any other unit in the history of the city or any other city. But we don't want to call them that, so we, don't, we won't call them that. Uh, and they, get, they were going to be plain clothes. But now they're going to have policemen written on it, which negates the whole purpose of plain clothes. and really renders the whole promise of such a unit a lie. The usual typical politician sleazy promise one thing and do another. And what the hell did he wait so long for? You know, he's <laughs> we've got a sixty percent increase in crime under him. Sixty percent under the law and order mayor. I, I wouldn't know what a sixty percent increase in crime is. I r- reduced it sixty-five percent. Now, this is pathetic. 
And the press just sits there like this is real. And that's absolutely nuts. Now let's uh, do a little analysis here. Eric Adams, as mayor, the law and order candidate, never had a plan. Never, never had a plan. He sold your wolf tickets. He bamboozled you. He used technology so that you would say, oh, I'm going to elect a guy who was a cop for 22 years, uh, wore a bulletproof vest, carried a gun and a badge. He had no plan. Still has no plan. We still don't see the undercover anti-crime unit <laughs> that's not going to be undercover when it's eventually out in the streets. They're just wearing a different uniform with a badge and the video camera. But wouldn't it behoove him to sit down and have dinner with uh, Michael Bonicic, Rudy Giuliani, who has been the only mayor to prove that he could take a city that was the murder capital of America, the crime capital of America, and in eight years turn it into the safest big city in America? I mean, let's face it, Eric Adams has uh, sat down with uh, Andrew Evilized Cuomo at his friend's restaurant in Midtown. Uh, the corrupt brothers, uh, one of whom went to jail for money laundering. That's Eric Adams' friend. He sat two hours for him. What the hell could Andrew Evilized Cuomo tell him about crime prevention? Andrew Evilized Cuomo signed the uh, no-bail law into existence and promoted it. Then, remember, he had a two-hour meeting with Chamu El Jefe, Chris Christie. Uh, what the hell? Chris Christie couldn't tell him anything about fighting crime in New York City. And then he just had a dinner uh, after his cameo appearance on Blue Bloods with Tom Selleck, the fake foe police commissioner of New York. I'm sure Tom Selleck was telling him how to control crime in the city of New York based on his experiences in Blue Bloods. Not. So why not just cop a squat, have a lunch, a breakfast, a meeting, it could be off the record. Rudy Giuliani can give him guidance. He's the one guy who has proven to be able to do this. And yet, there was Eric Adams actually supported Rudy Giuliani when he ran for mayor against his friend David Dinkins because he was a Republican at the time. A lot of people don't realize that. He had changed his party affiliation to Republican. He said publicly, uh, although I'm not friends with Rudy, Rudy is a tough law and order mayor. And my friend David Dinkins is soft. He was soft when he was mayor. Those are his own words. Hopefully, somebody will be able to get to him, as many sickle fans, toadies, and lackeys, and tell him, hey, hey, pal, the crime is skyrocketing. Maybe it's time to have a sit-down with Rudy Giuliani. But let's talk about the newest of crimes that have hit the front pages of our tabloids. And put us into transgender help. Because, yes, even trannies commit serious crimes. That's why when you go to a place like Rikers Island or other jails or prisons, they have male prisoners, they have female prisoners, and now they have a separate wing for transgenders. And it's mostly males who identify themselves as females who still have uh, anatomically male parts and function as a man even though they look like a woman. Example, the lady in red, Christine Jeffers. The other night, it was at 7th Avenue and 14th Street, uh, right in the subway station on the platform of the 2 and the 3 train, that an Asian man was standing there waiting for the train. And the lady in red, don't call him a man, he identifies himself as a woman, Christine Jeffers, age 48. Uh, bumped uh, into the Asian man, 
took umbrage to that, started yelling and screaming, having a hissy fit, then pulled out a hammer, a Black & Decker hammer, out of uh, his purse and beat the living daylights out of this agent. Eventually, the lady in red, Christine Jeffers, was caught, and he was charged, yes, by Alvin Bragg. Hug those thugs, Alvin Bragg. Turn them loose. In this case, he decided to charge Christian Jeffers with a hate crime and weapons possession. Plus, when he was uh, being arraigned, he threatened to kill two members of the uh, New York City Police Department. Gee, talk about that lately. Uh, They beat the living daylights out of an off-duty cop uh, in the Times Square area, took his gun from him. My God. And then did you see that one situation where the three cops... The three cops downtown, uh, right near Houston Street, were stopping a guy on a traffic violation. They tried to take him to the asphalt. Three big cops. And the guy broke loose, knocked one of them down, jumped into the car, drove off because they were afraid to put him in a headlock, afraid to use any pressure points on his chest or his neck or his back or put a knee in his back and hold him down. And it was, like, totally embarrassing. The guy broke loose, jumped in the car, drove off, and the cops were standing there, like, holding their three-piece set. Not their gun, their three-piece set. Embarrassing, humiliating them. And why? Who did that? The city council, by all the restrictive measures that they passed, under comrade Bill de Blasio that he signed into law, that won't allow the cops to grab a suspect, slam them and jam them, cuff them, and hold them for arrest and processing at the precinct to be taken to the nearby court for arraignment. No, they can't do that anymore. They can't put their knee on certain areas of the body. They basically uh, can't even touch the suspect and how embarrassing that was. And this is happening all over the city. But let's talk about the lady in red, Christine Jeffers, 48, who nearly killed that Asian man. Another instance of uh, attacks against Asians in the city, 380% increase in attacks against Asians in one year alone. So, Alvin, uh, I don't believe in bail brag, let's hug those thugs, actually imposed a $300,000 bail on the lady in red, Christian Jeffers. Incredible. (laughs) By the way, almost a day before, uh, he had stolen Haagen-Dazs ice cream out of the Dwayne Reed at West 111th Street and Broadway, hit the worker with that same hammer and ran because they identified him as the lady in red. Notice they go into the supermarkets, the Dwayne Reeds, uh, the CVSs, the uh, Walgreens, and they go right for the ice cream. They don't steal the Ben and Jerry's. No, 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 no. They steal the Haagen-Dazs and then take it to a nearby bodega and sell it over the counter to the owners and operators of the bodegas. So let's look at the lady in red. Christine Jeffers, uh, call me a woman because I identify myself as a woman. Since 2007, he's been arrested 50 times. He's cracked the half-century mark, 50 times. On a robbery charge, he actually got six years. He did time from 2015 to 2021 and then got paroled. Paroled. (sighs) <sighs> Nuts. Uh, and yes, yes, again, tran- transvestites, transgenders, trannies, whatever you want to call them. On occasion, they do commit crimes. They do commit violent crimes. They are housed on Rikers Island in a separate unit. 
And eventually, if they get a year or more in court, uh, they get shipped upstate and they're housed amongst transgenders. But how is it you can anatomically be a male, have the strength of a male, the testosterone, yet because you identify as a woman and maybe you're wearing a wig or you're wearing falsies stuffed with Kleenex or whatever it is that gives you the appearance of a woman, you're now being housed with other transgenders. Well, let me give you the case of Harvey Marcelin. Harvey Marcelin is a transvestite who's 83 years old. You figure... His days of crime were over a long time ago. Think again. Think again. He just got arrested for the third time for dismembering a female friend and dumping her body parts right into a a supermarket cart on the corner of Atlantic Avenue in Pennsylvania. Some of you may have remembered the East New York Savings Bank was right on that corner. You probably had your first savings account when you went to school in Brownsville or East New York at that East New York Savings Bank. If you did, give me a call, because I remember going in and out of that East New York Savings Bank, and then I remember when it got really bad in the 80s at the height of the crack cocaine epidemic in Brownsville, never ran, never will, the people would go in there and sometimes pull two robberies a day. It was like a Woody Allen movie at that East New York Savings Bank. Remember that Woody Allen movie where he's going in to rob the bank and he's got to wait because other people are already robbing the bank? He's got to wait in queue? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So this old-time transvestite, this tranny, Harvey Marcelin, he was in Attica for his first bid. Now wait till you hear what he did. He was playing tarot cards, tarot cards behind bars. Uh, when he went for before an all-female parole board of Andrew Evilize Cuomo, he claimed that they were sexist for denying him slash her parole, but they were all females. How could they be sexist? And was at Attica during the prison riot. Now, how did he end up doing so much time? Because in 1963... He shot and killed his girlfriend in a hallway in Harlem, in an apartment building, before witnesses. He was sent for a psychiatric review at Bellevue. Uh, The shrink said he was schizoid, had that kind of personality, but a sociopath, but not criminally insane. So he actually had to do 20 to life in Attica, and he was there during the riots. 1984, he was released. Why would you release him? But they did, 1984, and gave him lifetime parole. Lifetime parole. He was out one year. And then all of a sudden, he stabbed and killed his new girlfriend and cut her up. Did a Khashoggi tour. Put her in black plastic bags and dumped the remains in Central Park. For that, he got 6 to 12 years. Acted like a jailhouse lawyer. While filling out and filing law briefs for everybody else, he became the favor of the jailhouse community, and especially when he was caught orally fixating them as they were making their phone calls, having their phone call privilege. Yes, he was orally fixating them. (laughs) And they released him again. Again. So now he's already killed two women. Now he's killed a third woman, dismembered the woman, took the female's head into his apartment, 
where he was living at the Stonewall House in Fort Greene, an LGBTQ retirement home. And in fact, they found there Newport Mentals, Oreos, and Coca-Cola. This is what he lived on. When he went to a nearby 99-cent store, he was sitting up in his electric wheelchair. Do you know what was underneath the seat of his electric wheelchair? The leg from his victim was sticking out. The guy has killed three times. He's 83. You think they might have just said, this guy should be locked up in a jail for the criminally insane. Like you have on Randall's Island, this Kirby Psychiatric. There used to be Mid-Hudson, the jail for the criminally insane. Why was the guy cut loose two previous times? You knew he was going to go out and kill again. And yet his defense is, I'm an old transvestite. You can't do this to me. Well, guess what? Transvestites can commit violent crime too, and they have in the past, and they'll do it again. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But it gets better. It gets better. On any given day, you go to the corner of 125th Street and Lexington Avenue in the heart of East Harlem, just a few blocks from the precinct there. It's where the old Pathmark used to be. It's now uh, all closed. And the uh, Lexington Avenue and 125th are filled with dope fiends. I mean, serious dope fiends. Emotionally disturbed, you listen to uh, the crackle of the police radios, EDP, EDP, EDP. They're housed on Randall's Island at night in the shelters. Uh, Some of the MICA shelters for the emotionally disturbed. They get on the bus and they get off at 125th in Lexington. They spend all day there and they go back to Randall's Island and try to be there before curfew so they still have a bed. And they're a menace to society all day long. So one of them, his name is Eugene Clark. 67 years old. He was already on parole for robbery when he beat up a guy named Ramon Luna with two others, a man and a woman. So three of them beat this guy up right on the corner of 125th in Lexington. He hits his head on the curb. And he slowly starts dying, Ramon. So what do these three guys do? Two guys and one woman? They start going through his pockets and steal whatever money he had. He gets charged with two counts of robbery and murder, right? Murder. You figure like, oh, definitely he's going to, there's going to be bail. Think again. This is New York State, New York City 2022, where the criminals rule. Judge April Neubauer assigned him to wear a bracelet, electronic monitoring, and cut him loose. No bail. He murders somebody, he robs them, and he's out walking the streets after being on parole for a previous robbery charge in 1983. He's been locked up for robbery, gang assault, drug sale in the past, and he's cut loose. This same judge, April Neubauer, In 2018, 2018, released a woman who had done time for two separate assaults, released her, and guess what she did? She went up to Washington Heights and she killed another woman. 
You think maybe we should be removing, defrocking Judge April Neubauer, taking her black regal robes from her? This has nothing to do with the no-bail law. This has to do with all the liberal progressive judges who like the DA Alvin Bragg just want to hug some thugs, turn them loose, like turn them loose Bruce Wright used to be. The son of Wright, who is now the county leader for the Crooked Democrats in Manhattan, uh, who used to be the assemblyman, Keith Wright, for Harlem. Friends with, uh, that's right, a regular contributor to WABC, David Patterson, who is now the stepfather of my son, my oldest son, Anthony. Oh, how incestuous it appears to be. You believe this? The guy murdered somebody. Robbed them. It's right on video. And the judge turned them loose. Gave them an electronic bracelet, like a fortune off ankle bracelet. This is crazy. And these are supposed to be educated men and educated women, right, who become judges. They're lawyers. They wear the black regal robes. Some of them have gone to four years of university. Some have graduate degrees. Some even have a Ph.D. They are intellectually stupid. They have no common sense. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Peter in Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Peter. Yes, I'm going to need your help also, Curtis, because I was waking up last week and this person gave you the new name for you and you loved it. It had an eagle in it and you, you were so happy, or not happy, but you really, really appreciate it. So you're going to have to do a little digging maybe a week ago. Hmm. I see, I was just waking up, so I, I, I couldn't get the whole thing. Do you remember that? Um, hmm. He gave you uh, something. Like a, uh, I think something uh, Izzy says. What, what did it have in it, Izzy? You can speak up to it. The hawk is talking. Something that had the hawk is talking in it. Something like that. Yes. As, as you really. Uh, oh, that's like right. Uh, hold on. Camella, right? Camella. I got it right. I keep missing your name there, Camella. The Kanashi oh, okay. girl. Uh, she said, yeah. What was that again, Camella? What was the name that the guy came up with, the caller? The Nighthawk of New York City. Did, did that seem to ring a bell with you, Peter? Uh, yeah, that, that seems to ring. I think that was it, yes. Okay, well, I, we'll, I we'll put that in the mix. Now that yeah. uh, Frank Morano has made such a stink about us having to change our name. Wow, can you believe this guy? Uh, yeah, I listen to him sometimes. and He goes back and forth, you know, a, a few times. Oh, wh- one other thing, uh, uh, which I, if I can get a minute to talk about the judge. I recently went to Supreme Court about a case for my wife. And it was a guardianship case. Now, I've been married to my wife for 54 years. I'm a very old senior. Uh, my wife had a stroke and she, died, she has a little disability. So I wanted, I wanted to get help for her. And she had an old, I, I don't know if your wife could remember this. She had an old health proxy from my, one of my stepchildren. And they used that to keep me from getting control of my wife or taking her out of the nursing home, taking taking care of her. Finally, uh, the, the daycare center said that you have to go to court. It's the only thing to do. So I go to court and I speak to the judge. The stepchildren lie to the judge 
and the judge gives the guardianship not to the husband that's been married for 54 years that wants to take care of his wife, but to the stepchildren. My, 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 no, no, my, wait a second. Well, hold on a second. Oh, no, no, my, you mean you were with this woman for 54 years and then. I still am. I mean, right. I mean she's in a nursing home. Right. So she becomes. I mean, still, we're still married. Right. You're still married. You've been loyal to her. Now, the stepchildren, are they your biological children or hers? Hers. Okay. So, Which also was a little friction no, over I, the years. I can imagine. Now, you went to probate or surrogate court? I went to the Supreme Court. All right. And that's in Queens in County? Queens. Yes. Oh, forget about it. You know, you know what that process is, State Supreme no, Court. I, I'm surrogate. amazed. I, I can't get over it. Well, I'm let, me, amazed let me explain how yeah. this works. Let me explain. Because yeah. this, is, this is where, in uh, New York City, the Democrats control this process. So this is how they make their money. Uh, surrogate, probate court, state Supreme Court, when it's matters of somebody's estate, property, arguments over property, uh, possession of uh, income, monies, all that thing, is that they have certain lawyers that are on cue uh, that the judges can go to, and then they'll get a percentage of what the settlement is, and some of them will just drain the money, and they will turn the members of a family against one another, Peter, uh, convincing, uh, let's say in this case, the stepchildren, don't worry, uh, we can beat, uh, you know, the husband on this. You just have to have patience. Leave it to me, the lawyer. Uh, and then all of a sudden it drags on and on. And then it finally when it's adjudicated, guess what? There's no money left because the lawyers have taken all their fees. Well, yeah, Marty is also, uh, you know, I can't get over how much money I spent, thousands. Because every time they go to court, the judge says, well, we'll have somebody look at the house. We'll have somebody come and look at your, your family. And they postpone it. And, and it's been going on since September. I've been going to court like three times. This judge, and my question to you is, what do you do for an appellate court if, if you've got a really stinking judge that screwed you? What could you do? You you almost, Peter, Peter, you have almost no relief. Uh, What I'll do is, uh, Camilla, if you can get Peter's uh, number, my wife, Nancy. Yeah, well, email is fine. My wife is uh, e-attorney, has also done criminal law and civil law. That's where I was going to call you when your wife was there. She she might have an idea of what I could do. Yeah, it is the worst. Surrogate, probates. Oh, Camellia, yes. If you could uh, get Peter's information, and I'll have Nancy, my wife, get in touch with him. It is the worst. Probate, surrogate, it works its way into the state Supreme Court system. The judges who are county hacks, uh, the old judges of the crook Joe Crowley, remember he lost his seat because he was never there, to uh, AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and the Irish Mafia who won the Queens County corrupt Democratic machine. I know all of them. And then they were replaced uh, by the other crook, Congressman Meeks now, uh, who's another crook. And they put their beaks in the trough because this is how they they make money. This is how they make money, and this is how they keep uh, lawyers in good standing in the uh, county party. Once, once my lawyer heard what the judge says, I told him, look, this is wrong. He says, well, you know, this is the judge. This is what he said because he's scared because he's a lawyer and he works for the judge. He, he got mad at me because I sort of yelled at the judge a little what what, what the ruling was. But once it's done, it's done. Yeah. Except that 
I'm still going to court. I have to go to court in, in April now, which is the third or fourth time I've been going to court to try to get guardianship for my wife, which is, I told her, you know, I, I can't believe that. 54 years of marriage, and, he, and it's like he breaks up oh, the marriage. Peter, Peter, this is not at all unusual, Peter. Stay on the line for Camilla. We'll get the information. I'll ask Nancy to follow up on that. It's a common concern, these crooks. They dole out the assignments to the different lawyers, mostly Democrats, but some Republicans. That's how they keep the Republicans in. In this case, the Queens GOP, or it could be another borough, the Bronx GOP, or the, or the Staten Island GOP, and they're in charge there. It doesn't matter. And then they all put their beaks in the trough, and they get paid. And they drain the funds from the family and they convince the family, go ahead, continue to battle as they keep getting uh, more money off of their retainer, more and more and more and more. And then soon it's adjudicated and there's no money left. You end up hating one another as family members because you've been in court battling with one another, calling each other the most vicious things. And then the lawyers go off, they have a big smile on their face and you've just helped them buy their summer home. That's the way this crooked process works in probate and surrogate court. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, Patrick calling from Huntington. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Patrick. Curtis, big with much respect, Curtis. How you doing? Oh, sorry. Let me take that back. Ah, that was quick. That was a quick recall. Uh, all right. I'll give you a rebate, Patrick. All right. Listen, it won't be Kurt. It's Sliwa. Ah, it won't be Kurt. That's a nice pun. It won't be Kurt. Yeah, you got to use that that Kurt somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, it won't be Kurt. It'll be Sliwa. Yeah, something, you, you know, you know the definition of Kurt. I don't got to explain it to you. Sure, sure. No, no, that's why it's a good pun. It's a good play on words. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Excellent. I appreciate okay. that, Patrick. Thank you. Work, work on that one. Yeah, well, I got to put all of these recommendations that you're making, ladies and gentlemen, for the new name change. Ever since Frank Marano got all, he had a hissy fit. Remember, if you were listening, that's why you got to listen. You got to listen to me over the weekend and all the different programs that I host. And most importantly, you got to listen to Frank Marano Monday through Fridays, the other side of midnight, 1 to 5 in the morning. That's 20 hours a week. And write them out to me. But this I heard for myself because he was in the studio with me before I passed over the 50,000 powerful watts of sound to this Mama Luke, Frank Marano. This may be the last time I play this song, Frank. Some of the listeners have wanted me to call the weekend segment of the other side of midnight another... Give it another name, since it's different than yours. I, I agree. You're ruining our show's reputation. We work hard for this show. And don't need you uh, taking 13-minute calls from uh, uh, Mike in Manhattan about nonsense, about James K. Polk and how I don't talk enough about the Mexican-American War. Uh, pick a new name. <sighs> let me let me gather up my emotions here because I'm I'm, I'm ready to lose it. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Give me the loop. 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 
Smalls on the 25th anniversary of his uh, killing outside of the NAACP Awards in Los Angeles. Nobody's come forward because the code of the streets is kicked in. Snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. He's talking about Jimmy the Luke, talking about robbery. And honoring this guy who used to sell by his own admission crack to pregnant women in Fort Greene in the projects, even though his mother worked hard, sent him to Catholic school, that's right. And he wasn't eating sardines like he said in one of these uh, rap songs. He's a Shanda double Our number is one 800 Let's go, if we can, to uh, Lenny. Who's calling all the way from Fort Lauderdale, where uh, is spring break in full effect now, Lenny? It is. It's been a little quiet, though, as, as opposed to other years. It's, uh, but it's, it's happening. It's happening. All hey, right. Um, I, like to, I like to take on um, Biggie. I think he swallowed instead of sardines. I think he was eating whales. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> whales. He, hey. He's a big guy. <laughs> Hey, man, I really enjoy your show, Curtis. And uh, since nobody cares more about the city, I think the name of your show should be The Heartbeat of the City. The Heartbeat like of the City. That's good. The Heartbeat of the I City. Like I like it. And then the, uh, this guy was calling about the guardianships. Yeah. There's a good movie on Netflix with uh, that little midget, Peter Dinklage. It's called I Care a Lot. It's very good how how this company comes in takes control of the family and just wipes them out. Just takes all their money and, and makes it impossible for the family to get guardianship of the kids, of the, of the parents. It's really, it's really good movie. It's got a little, um, it's got a little mafia stuff in it too. A little, a little, a little, a little stuff like that. Pretty oh, it's, it's horrible. Horrible. Now, uh, I noticed not far from you, the lead story was the six West Point uh, spring breakers who OD on that fentanyl lace cocaine. I think right. it was uh, at a hotel they were staying at in Miami. Yeah, no, I think it was in this uh, area called Wilton Manors. And uh, it's like a little party area. And, uh, yeah, some, some kids, uh, I think they rented a house or an apartment. Uh, an Airbnb or something like that, and uh, dead, dead fentanyl, fentanyl is all over the place, huh? Yeah, well, you know what's 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 interesting, Lenny. Uh, let's say you're a regular user of cocaine. It's not just a recreator. We have recreational users out there who, believe it or not, are still functional. They'll work a whole week and then they'll do a line or two on the weekend and party hardy and raise the roof. But you tell somebody about fentanyl, right? You would think as somebody who uses drugs, whether they're addicted or they just uh, use it uh, leisure time or party time, 
oh, I got some uh, fentanyl here that's laced in the cocaine. Do you know how many people would say, oh, I definitely got to try that? I understand that's the best high you can get. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Let me tell you, I had my days, and uh, that that would, that would make me uh, think twice about actually using it. Because all you hear is people dying from this thing. Why would they even mix it in? I just don't get it. Well, because there are a lot of people, Lenny, who use fentanyl who don't die. Who don't that die. Does. So you understand? Well, it's sort of like when when they're... If it's in, if it's in a, a, uh, an opiate, well, how do they mix it in cocaine? Because cocaine's not an opiate. No, but they cut it. They cut it like they would, like sometimes they cut it with baking soda in order to lessen uh, the cocaine. So right. you end up not getting as much cocaine as you paid for. In this case, they put in a little fentanyl, which is made in the laboratory. Uh, and if it's not put in appropriately, because remember, it's not like this is being done in a major pharma company. You know, this is being done by guys in right. basements. They put a little too much, you're going to OD. So, and, But they'll tell you, oh, you're going to get the best high at all. You snort this up. It's got Coke with a little fentanyl into it. It'll blow your mind. And you right. know how many people will line up to sniff it? I guess so. I guess so. They had a show on uh, one of these channels. It's called High Town, all about fentanyl and stuff like that. It's, uh, about this uh, this woman cop who's running down in Rhode Island, party town, and uh, fentanyl's taking over the city there. Yeah, well, I, 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 will, I will tell you, Lenny, uh, that just like oxys have their place as a painkiller. Uh, so does fentanyl. I've used fentanyl right. for the pain that I've had. They, they call fentanyl strips. There's almost nothing better. But you take it as prescribed. You don't right. You don't take it as a leisure or a recreational drug. If you're in severe pain, this allows you to be able to function. But again, what right. happens when you get a prescription? You end up sometimes self-medicating more than you should. Right. And this is how you get into double trouble. Right, right. Hey, Turtles, are you a TV watcher? Or you're always out and about? Not really. My wife pulls the plug because she's a hipster millennial. You know how they cut the plug. But but maybe yeah. give me give me an idea of what you're talking about. I got a good, there's a good show on uh, this Paramount channel. It's called The Mayor of Kingstown. It's about this family that's kind of like a, a go-between, between the prisoners, the prison uh, COs and the politicians within the um, within the city. It's with Jeremy Renner. It's an excellent show. Now, is it, is it about Kingston in Jamaica, Trenchtown? No, no, Kingstown, somewhere, some fictitious uh, city in Detroit. Oh, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's okay. About, it's actually about a true place, <laughs> and uh, I think in Canada, Ontario. Where they make their, the city makes their money off the prisons. All right, well, I'll tell you and, what, I'll tell you what, Lenny. I've seen some uh, jails, some prisons in Canada. Nah, not too bad. Certainly not as bad as the joints uh, I've been locked up in in America. But, oh, man, Kingston in Jamaica. Yo, your blood clot, your Yankee man. I said, whoa, what's up with that? That doesn't sound too good to me. It ain't. And the shower posse had no love for me. Uh, when they stabbed me out there in the south end of London at Wandsworth. And they had no love for me in Brooklyn. 
and they had no love for me, the shower posse. In Kingston, Jamaica, your blood clad, your Yankee man, your rude boy. I'm not a rude boy. Don't call me a rude boy. Now we're going to have to have a fight. Ah, your rude boy, man. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Giuseppe. Joey calling from Ronkonkoma. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Giuseppe. Hey, Curtis, another great show. I got a name for your weekend show. The Guardian of the Weekend with an eye on New York, the Curtis Sleewish Show. Ooh, I like that. That's a lot of words there. So let the Guardian, uh, give me the whole thing. The Guardian of the Weekend. Okay, and you could put like with an eye on uh, New York, you know, New York. The Curtis Sleewish Show. I can picture like shirts. You can have like a hawk with a beret on it, with your eye looking over New York and watching over everybody on the weekends. So that's like that original suggestion made last week when the guy said the Nighthawk of New York City. Well, this would be more like the Guardian of the Weekend because yeah. you're, you're the Guardian Angel. You know, you're watching over us. Well, now, now, Giuseppe, all of these suggestions, uh, I can't make the choice. They will have to be processed through the suits, the mockers, the muckety-mucks, to our general manager, our capo de tutti, Chad Lopez, our <laughs> owners and operators, John and Margot Katsimatidis of our parent company Red, company, Red Apple Media, and probably a half a dozen others, and then they'll come up with a name. But i got to have something by the start of next week because, you know, this Frank Morado is miserable. I also have, uh, you were talking about the thing that, that we introduced over in uh, Russia. Yes. Was, was it the Tic Tac? No, 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 no. The, uh, Rita, uh, no was it, it wasn't Rita like Rita Cosby. Yeah, it was Rita in Brooklyn who thought it was the uh, Tic Tac also. Uh, it is not. People have come extraordinarily close. But no uh, Frank Morano 10-cent cigar for any of you yet. Boy, this has been a tough one. I remember what the question was at the very start of the show. What product made in America was introduced to the Russians? It's like 185 million Russians from Siberia to the border of the Ukraine uh, that they became hopelessly addicted to. Free products were given out. I saw it myself in 1992 in Moscow. They had billboards. They had advertisements uh, on television. Very well done. And it became so contentious that uh, the representatives in the parliament, or as they call it, their Duma, were arguing with one another that this was a CIA plot to control Russians because of their addiction to this product. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to George in the neck. Uh, your turn to be heard here at WABC. Steve from Manhattan is no. <sighs> he got through. See, Steve, if uh, he wasn't so hyper, hyper, like he had just drank uh, two gallons of Red Bull, we would have put him on, right? Just say Steve from Manhattan. He would have done his spiel like he's been doing since the days of the King of Talk Radio, Bob Grant, even before. I started hosting here with my wife at the time, uh, Lisa Angels in the Morning, 1991. He could have come on. He could have spoke. And then he could have gone, go Buchanan, go Buchanan, go Buchanan. But I don't know. He likes to play games. Likes to play games. 
Let's go to Tom in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tommy. Hey, Curtis. Hey, um, the guy we were just on and gave you that, that name, how about Weekend Guardian, your Weekend Guardian? I got a name, too. But the guy that was just on and gave you that long name? Yes. How about your Weekend Guardian? Okay, okay. I got a, a name, too. Uh, set it straight or set it off. Or set it straight or set it off with Curtis Lewa. Oh, I like straight. setting it off because I always set it off, Tom. Yeah. Now, is Mentos the candy? Uh, what did you say? Mentos. No. The candy for Russia. No, no, but that's so close. That's, that's close. Uh, but but I, <laughs> I, like, I like that name, Set It Off, with Curtis Lee, because when I'm in the streets and I'm in the subways or I'm in the park and a guy comes up and gives me yin-yang, gets in my face, I step to them and I say, oh, you want to set it off? Let's, let's do it right now. Oh no! I, no, let's you you want to set it off? We're going to do it right now. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. That's one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Let's see if we can go to KC, who's calling all the way from Motown, Detroit. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, KC. Ooh, I think KC. Uh, Sort of falling into the Detroit River there between Windsor and Detroit. But it's okay. We'll go to John in Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Johnny. Curtis, how about the after hours the after hours show with uh you know, the I've I've been waiting so long I even forgot what I was gonna say. The after hours <laughs> talk radio with Curtis Spreewell on WABC. I like that. After hours talk radio with Curtis Brewell on on WABC. Well, you know why I like that? Because um, I uh, I mixed it up, you know? No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. Look, you've been been patiently. 78 years old. Right. 78 years old. (laughs) Not only you've been patiently waiting on the line for so long, in fact, uh, uh, I specifically want uh, you, uh, Izzy. I want you to give me that, uh, hmm, why don't you give me that uh, Putin song there that we started the program with here because uh, at an after-hours club, can you imagine? After-hours, yeah, it sounds good. After-hours talk radio with right. Curtis Leewell on WABC Radio. That's right. That's I think right. it sounds professional. I think it sounds very professional. Absolutely. In fact, uh Come in, uh, if you can, with uh, 93. 93 there, Izzy. <laughs> See, when I was in Moscow in 1992, I went clubbing late at night at the seven buildings of Joe Stalin. They all look alike. They're all spread throughout Moscow. And they would have after-hours clubs. If you go to the normal club, they would have a casino. It was wild. And then they would invite you to an after-hours club. And let me tell you that was risque. It looked like it was right out of Saturday Night Live. You had guys in the polyester waffle weave flame retardant shirts, the bell bottoms, uh, and the, uh, what I call the uh, (laughs) platform shoes. And this was like... 1992 in Moscow, and uh, the thugs that would guard the little kiosks, they were all dressed that way, too. 
Yeah, I like that. Very, very good idea, John. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Leo calling from Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Leo. Yeah, I have an idea uh, which would phonetically sound like at the side of midnight. Call it barter side of midnight. B-A-R-T-E-R. You trade it without using money. Oh. Side, you, would be, you would be able to use the song too. Barter the other side of midnight? Barter side of the midnight. Ah, all right. All right, Leo. That, that... sound politically the same. In Germany, we have a saying to make the wolf belly full, but keep the sheep alive. So you would basically change the name, make <laughs> happy John and, uh, and Frank, but politically it would sound almost the same, and you would be able to use uh, Crosby's uh, song. Ah, now, are you originally from Germany? Uh, yes. Well, because in the next hour, we're going to be paying tribute to Mr. Entenmann, who died, who created the Entenmann Cakes, and he was originally from Stuttgart. Yeah, I, I came 30 years ago from Stuttgart. I used to work for Porsche. Yeah, but uh, this, this that was where where the Entenmann family first came from uh, to America from Stuttgart. Uh, he had uh, acquired the skills uh, of working in the bakery there and then brought it to America and created the Entenmann Cakes. I know you like Entenmann Cakes, right? Absolutely. Boy, I'm telling Absolutely. you, everybody, everybody loves Entenmann's Cake. <sighs> I'm sitting shiver here for the loss. Mamma mia. Let's go to Gary, who's calling from the heartland, the Buckeye State of Ohio. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Gary. Yeah, hi, Curtis. I think I have the answer to your uh, Russian uh, food item. Right, and these are um, the uh, these are the items that were given free to the Russian population in 1992 by America. Yeah, I'm going to say Hershey's Kisses. Hershey's Kisses. Okay, look, look. That's close. <laughs> but no, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong, Gary. No kiss for you, that's for sure. And by the way, I don't kiss guys, so no kiss for you, Gary. Uh, wow. This is like the longest trivia question I have ever had in the history of doing talk radio. And I've done a lot of trivia. Uh, since I first began broadcasting at WABC in 1991. I've been doing this for 32 years, most of it at WABC, with brief departures to WNYC, not my place to be. That's right, uh, NPR Radio. Can you imagine me at NPR? Uh, And then four years that I'll never get back, four years of my life I'll never get back, doing morning drive and afternoon drive at AM 970, The Answer, where almost nobody ever heard me other than uh, Rich Valdez, who lived next to the tower for AM 970, The Answer, in Jersey, and he could barely hear it. (sighs) I don't know why. Let's go to Giuseppe, who's calling from West Orange. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Joey. Hey, Curtis. uh, I got a name for your show, uh, Keeping Up With Curtis. Oh, I like that, Keeping Up With Curtis. Because you're a smart guy and you're up at night, you know? All right. So now that means uh, I'd have to join uh, the mayor, Eric Adams, who likes to sample the nightlife because he's at the club Zero Bond 
you know, very exclusive private club where he uh, hangs out with the TikTok girls and keep up with the Kardashians there. Yeah. So, as long as he has a nice suit on, he'll be fine. Yeah, always customized, never off the rack. Remember, it's always customized. I wonder... And I, and I can't... I can't stand that Frank Morano. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. He just cost us the name, The Other Side of Midnight, Weekend Addiction, as he moaned and groaned and complained. Well, I'm complaining now because it's the loss of an iconic figure to all of us, Mr. Entenman of Men. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Oh, this is Frank Morano's favorite song, Rudy Valley. Can you spare a dime? You know, his favorite all-time singers, Al Jolson, Eddie Cantor. In fact, he's the president of the um, Al Jolson fan club, but this one says it all because... Entenmann's Cake started 124 years ago, long before Rudy Valley was singing through that megaphone. You believe this? This is uh, this is Frank Morano's all-time favorite song, Rudy Valley. I mean, it just shows you how the guy is not hip. He's not happening. In fact, it it. He's got to be the oldest guy in all of talk radio. Now, Frank Morano, we have no idea how he is because uh, he has a uh, a high school picture of himself on his Facebook uh, page uh, from uh, Tottenville High School. He's a purple pirate. And you say to yourself, my God, how come you have a high school picture there? It's got to be, I mean, he's got to be a baby boomer, a hipster. We have no idea, but... His taste in music so collect eclectic. Al Jolson, Eddie Cantor, is the president of the Al Jolson uh, Society, and then uh, naturally Rudy Valley. Can you spare a dime? Because uh, Entenmann's cake was less than that, and that's why we're sitting shiver for Entenmann's. Because how many of you would wait every morning to have that slice of Entenmann's cake or an Entenmann's donut or whatever or other? Delight you purchase and have a cup of coffee to start your day. You'd see the Entenmann's trucks everywhere. They'd be going all throughout the five boroughs and the suburbs. Eventually, uh, they left Brooklyn and they went out to Bayshore, Long Island. They'd be in the supermarkets like Restides or they'd be in the local grocery stores or the luncheonettes. 
And they'd even do home deliveries. Home deliveries at Entenmann's. What were some of your favorite Entenmann's products? Because I'm getting uh, not nauseous. I'm getting hungry now. Because let's face it, 5 o'clock in the morning, remember how many Entenmann's cakes would be eaten with a cup of coffee? And then the competitors with Drake's. Remember, the Drake's trucks would be going back and forth. And there were other, other bakers who would compete, commercial bakers like Entenmann's. Who were some of them that you loved? 1-800-848-9222, especially at 5 o'clock in the morning. You'd open that box or you open that wrapper and then you have it with a cup of coffee. 1-800-848-9222. And by the way, in order to augment their income, what did the drivers of the Entenmann's uh, trucks do, whether they were doing home deliveries or store deliveries or it was Drake's Cakes likewise? What were they doing, these drivers, to augment their income since they were going to so many spots in order to make drops and at times pick up cash in return for the purchases? Come on. A lot of you know your fathers or your grandfathers or your uncles or your cousins were involved in that racket. I mean, uh, that occupation of earning money on the side when you were driving an Entenmann's cake or Drake's cake or any kind of bakery trakes, uh, trucks. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. In the meantime, while you uh, scratch your medulla and cerebellum, I, I, I can remember when I was delivering the Daily News at 168 dailies. 182 on Sundays. I pick up the papers uh, at the, uh, there was a little house there, the Harders had it. Really more storefront, the Harder family. At 92nd Street, uh, right off of Avenue J. And I remember after I'd finished uh, the run, I'd stop at the Blasi's uh, to get the uh, fresh Italian bread for my mother, Francesca, to bring home for my grandfather, Fidelo Bianchino. And I get a Entenmann's cheese Danish twist for myself. Oh, so good. So good. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Some of the other uh, New York Daily News delivery guys would have those milk chocolate chip cookies, remember, in the box? And some of you uh, Jewish folks uh, growing up, you had that rugula, that rugula. Well, what about that lemon loaf? Uh, I never went for the lemon loaf or the lemon coconut cake. Ooh, so good. And the New York crumb cake. That was my all-time favorite, Entenmann's. My mom loved the black and white cookies and the black and white cake. That was her favorite. My father, Chester, he loved the Entenmann's banana cake. And then my Aunt Lucy, she loved that marble loaf cake of uh, Entenmann's. And that angel food loaf cake was like heavenly. And then my Aunt Mary, who living in Howard Beach, old Howard Beach, she would get the all butter loaf cake right at that wall bombs. It used to be on uh, Cross Bay Boulevard that is now, I think it's a key food now, I think. Used to be wall bombs. 1 800 848 9222. That's 1 800 848 WABC. Let's go to Stephanie calling from Montreal. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Steph. 
Hello. Good morning, Curtis. It's been such a long time since I've spoken to you. Uh, the last time I spoke to you was, uh, oh, Monica Lewinsky was making headline news. Wow. That's a month of Sundays ago. Oh, long time. But it's very nice to talk to you. I have three um, ideas about your the name for your program. Okay, I got my pen in hand. Go for it, Stephanie. <clears throat> How about off the cuff? Since you're you're a spontaneous kind of a guy. That's right, because I digress uh, how many times I have attention deficit disorder. At times, I go in different directions. So off the cuff, that's a good one. Yeah, off the cuff. Or how about schmoozing with Sliwa? Oh, I like that. Schmoozing with Sliwa. Oh, okay. And the third one was, oh, my God, I forgot it. <laughs> uh, oh, but these are two good ones. Now, Steph, uh, how long have you lived in Montreal? Oh, since 1960, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So uh, what neighborhood in Montreal? I live in the Snowden area. All right. I'm familiar. I've ridden the subways there. Magnificent rubber-wheeled subway cars, stained glass windows, classical music pumped in. You think New Yorkers could imagine a subway system like that, Stephanie? Well, they could imagine it. I don't know if they could ever bring it to, you know. Uh, to Why not? Why not? And then you get out, and if you have to cab around, when I was there, all the cab drivers were Haitian. Well, they're not all Haitian. I mean, uh, you know. They... Well, when I was there, they were. So I'm sure they're a diverse lot now. But naturally, a lot of Haitians would go to Montreal because uh, of speaking French. Yeah, they speak French, yes. Wow. And then uh, I was there at the time that the Quebecois were organizing. Rene Levesque and Trudeau Sr. Uh, called for martial law and brought the tanks in because uh, Quebec wanted to secede from Canada. Well, they had murdered, actually, the, the FLQ, Fédération Libération de Québec. They, they had actually murdered one of our ministers. So it, it was a very, very... Very difficult time here. Well, I came up here to organize the Guardian Angels, and the colors of the Guardian Angels are red and white. So immediately I got flack from the Quebecois. They said, no, no, we don't wear red and white because that's the flag of Canada. That's the symbol of Ottawa. Uh, we, we'll, we'll do the Guardian Angels, but we'll have to wear blue berets and then the uh, a blue uh, French crest there. And I said, no, 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 no. We wear the same colors all over the world. So you can imagine, before I could even start the Guardian Angels, they were giving me a hard time. Yeah. Now, that's how it is here. They're very nationalistic. Uh, yeah. It's, then I, I spoke at Concordia College there. Uh, some of the Jewish kids uh, were being harassed. There was a time a lot of the Palestinian kids, uh, uh, there was a lot of tension uh, on campus. There. So I've spent a lot of good time in Montreal. And I know a lot of Americans, they like to go to Montreal, but I always recommend to them, if you really want to get a feeling of Quebec, you got to go to the city that we tried to take over that actually sparked uh, the War of 1812 when American troops tried to take over Quebec City. And the Brits objected, and then they came and they sacked Washington, D.C. and burnt it to the ground. <laughs> oh, have you been up to Quebec City? 
I've never been there, actually. Oh. No, no, I've not been. Oh, Stephanie, you have to. High on the hill, overlooks everything, quaint, old, oh, traditional. Obviously, the French spoken there different than you would uh, if you were in the metro of uh, Paris or France or in Marseille or Nice or in southern France. But I'm telling you, Quebec City, oh, for, for people who've never been there, if they want to feel the old-time sort of French effect, on the new world, they got to go to Quebec City. Mm. Yeah, maybe I will one day. Well, you're uh, right. You're right there, Stephanie. I know. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I'm not asking you to go to uh, uh, to Birmingham, Alabama. I'm asking you to go to Quebec City. Yeah. Oh. Well, I've been to New York. Hey, how about that? Oh yes. And uh, when is the last time you were in New York City? Oh my God. <laughs> That was a long time ago. My mother took me to the World's Fair then. I was a very young girl. Wow, 1964. It was the World's Fair. That's right. In the World's Fair, they had the big expositions. This was part of the Cold War. You had the Soviet Union exposition. People had to wait online forever. Then the American exposition. People had to wait online forever. And then Pepsi, which had a huge exposition, and they had that theme song that people loved, and all the countries were represented, and it's right where Flushing Meadow Park is, the Unisphere, and where Shea Stadium uh, was built. Oh, that was magnificent. Did you have a good time then, Steph? Well, I don't remember much, but um, yes, I, I, I did have a very nice time, and uh, also, she took me to the Catskill Mountains a, a couple of times. There was the Concord Hotel. And Sugars, the Sugar Resort. Sure. Now, you happen to be Jewish, Stephanie? Yes. Oh, that's right. You went to the Jewish Himalayas, the Concord, Browns, Grossingers, uh, Kushners. Oh, the classic hotels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the Hungarian uh, the people from the Hungarian Jewish community here went to, to the Sugars um, Resort. Oh, yeah. Are you they, familiar they, with that? Yeah, oh, yeah, they do. Simon Says in the morning. So you'd have the uh, young men who would bust tables and wait, you know, wait tables. And then they do Simon Says uh, with the uh, uh, the people coming there for Hollywood. And, in fact, if people didn't go to the actual uh, Grossingers or Sugars or the Concord or uh, Kushners, they'd go to the bungalow colony. And they they would they would just have fabulous summers. And then the other side of the Catskill, Sullivan County, was the Irish Alps, where they had their own bungalow colonies. I mean, that was a vibrant area. You had the track, the Trotter Track in Monticello. It was so great, Stephanie. It was so great up there, up Route 17. Oh yeah, well, a lot of nostalgia. And I remember uh, when we were at the Sugars Resort. I uh, I recognized Frank Gorshin. Do you remember Frank Gorshin? Yes. He was, he was there. I I was playing the pinball machine on the patio, and and there he was, and I recognized him, and he smiled at me because he he acknowledged that I recognized him. So, but I I I was too shy to speak to him. So, oh, you know, but could, but, uh, for you it could have been dirty dancing. I mean, that's what Dirty Dancing was all about. Uh, Frank Gorshin of Batman, right? Yeah, I guess that was it, yeah. Oh, wow. And you were how old at the time? Oh, I, I was, my God, I must have been six or seven. 
Oh, what like, fabulous like, memories. Now, think of it. You slept all the way to the Jewish Himalayas, the Catskills, Sullivan County, when you were six. And you've yet to visit Quebec City. I know. Oh, wow. Uh, you gotta, you, that, that's got to be uh, on your, your bucket list. Yeah, eventually. Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll get there one day. Well, uh, think Americans were so interested in it. We invaded Canada and tried to sack Quebec City, and the Brits got so angry with us that they went and they said, we'll fix you, and then they sacked Washington, D.C. You have a wonderful way of telling history. Yeah. Oh, boy. Can you imagine that? The audio history of America, according to Curtis Sliwa. That would be a a showtime extravaganza. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. And again, uh, at some point, because uh, the clock is ticking, you got to head to Quebec City. It's okay. mag- It's magnificent. Now, Montreal, there are great areas in Montreal, no doubt about it. But just the ambiance, the feeling of what it was like uh, in its origin, you know, when the French were battling the Brits and you had all the Indian nations up there, but... Quebec City, that was the epicenter. The epicenter, Stephanie. Mm. Gotta, you got you to gotta go pay tribute to your roots. Oh. Well, we'll see. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Well, I feel like a tour guide of old Canada, Quebec. They hated me there when I tried to organize the Guardian Angels in Montreal, the Quebecois, René Levesque, all of his supporters. No, 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 no. We don't, uh, red and white. No, no, that's the colors of Ottawa, of Canada, of Trudeau Sr. at the time, who declared martial law and sent the cannons, excuse me, the tanks in. You see the tanks rolling in, trying to get to Kiev? They were like, what, two Canadian tanks? One that was on the front lawn of the House of Parliament in Ottawa and another one probably out in Alberta. They probably had two tanks in their whole army, and Trudeau rolled them in to Quebec and said, you're not seceding. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Kevin, who's patiently waiting uh, on the line in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Kevin. Good morning, Curtis. Uh, I have a couple of things to cover with you. I have, I, well, first of all, I didn't know that I like Frank Morano, but I didn't know he was going to become the Henry Hill of the weekend. I mean, of the ABC radio. <laughs> you know what I mean? How do you, how do you like that? How do you like, you're right. The Henry Hill. <laughs> but anyway, you know, if you remember the end of, end of Goodfellas, where yeah. you know, when, the, when, the, when the defense the defense lawyer for, uh, you know, De Niro and, uh, and uh, the Paul uh, Sorvino, you know, the, he's like, oh, you know all what a rat is about. <laughs> exactly. Can you imagine that? He he he, he ratted me out. I, I, I did the simple thing, Kevin. I went into the kitchen, which is um, magnificent, like no kitchen of any broadcast facility. Uh, Margot Katsimatidis has made sure that everything is available for the staff. It doesn't matter who you are. And I like the frosted mini wheats, and I couldn't unscrew it, so I just put my hand into it. Frank rats me out on the radio. The algorithms that have been set up by HR to make sure that we don't drop any of the seven nasty words that George Carlin said would violate the FCC, and it would, picks up on that. 
And then they're like sweating me as if I'm in Gitmo. They're ready to waterboard me. Did you touch the frosted mini wheats with your exposed hand? I said, yes, I did. In the age of COVID-19, how could you do that and jeopardize and expose our many employees to potentially getting COVID-19? And you know what they did as a penalty, Kevin? (laughs) Go ahead. Tomorrow morning. This time, they're taking an hour from me as a penalty, and they're basically saying, keep it up, Sliwa, and we'll take some more from you. One time, one time only, they're taking an hour from my broadcast. I'm telling you, it's like the, it's like the Nuremberg uh, trial you're being put towards for, for touching the mini-weeks. Yeah, <laughs> but they would never have known that if Frank hadn't said it, because then, naturally, they did due diligence and they went and they checked the videotape because they have videotape of everything here. It's very sensitive uh, equipment and such. And they checked the time lapse. They said, yep, yep, Curtis, yep, we see his hand in there. And boy, and Frank, he, when I saw him, he was like the cat that swallowed Tweety Bird. Boy, yeah, oh yeah, 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 sure, yeah, 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 like yeah, because he got because he, he got caught out, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I like I like that to, that, that line though of yours, the Henry Hill of WABC Radio, Frank Morano. He, he's supposed to be a paisan, I thought, you know, but whatever. But you know, but that, yeah. that's besides the point. But yeah. anyway, I, I do have answers to a couple of your. I think I have sure, answers sure, to your trivia sure, question. Sure. Okay, uh, you asked one way earlier. Uh, I, well, Dave Thomas was the founder of Wendy's. That is correct, uh, and. And and I he originally because I read his autobiography he originally worked for Kentucky Fried Chicken that is correct and, the Colonel the Colonel and, and, correct. and all and also which I read in his book he also was the, was one of the founders of Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips that I didn't Before know he, Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips and then and then he then he went then then he he was only there like for like a couple of years and then he then he went and founded Wendy. You know, because he was, it wasn't the founder. He was like, well, he was like part of the, the, the conglomerate or whatever that founded Arthur Church's Fisherships, which I used to like. I grew up in Staten Island. I'm from New York myself, but, uh, but I live in Jersey now. But uh, but I grew up my first 30 years, I lived in New York. But all right. And the other one, yeah, the but, you, the but, other, but before yeah. you get that, the Arthur Church's fish, fish and Chips preceded Red Lobster. So we didn't have Red Lobster at that time. It was Arthur Church's Fish and Chips. If you wanted fish, uh, you had to go there or get, go to the supermarket, the frozen food section, and get the Mrs. Paul's frozen fish sticks. That's true. Arthur Treats was actually pretty good, but uh, for a fast food place, because then they had Long John Silver's came along too. That's so, right, Arthur Long John Silver's. That's right. Arthur Treacher, the he was actually a stage actor in England. He, he and somehow he got connected with it, and that and that like it made it gave it some sort of credence because. He was like a British guy for fish and chips. Well, you know I tell I mean? you, I tell you, when I went to uh, London to organize the Guardian Angels in the early '80s, at night there was only two things you could eat because they're, they're first of all their food is horrible. That's why the Brits went out and conquered the world. They have the worst food in the world, so that you would either get kebabs from the Pakis, the Pakistanis, or fish and chips. Irish were the laborers, the workers. Uh, they would stay in the SRO hotels, illegals. Uh, you know, they were like what the Mexicans uh, are here, Central Americans. They work hard all day. And then at night, all they had money for was fish and chips. And let me tell you something, Kevin. It was the worst fish and chips in the world. Oh, I never had it there. I've had I had it in Northern Ireland. But uh, because, because I mean, I, I grew up Irish. But 
They, I know they used, used to get it, and they wrap it in newspaper. Yes, that's that, that's what they did at night. They wrapped it in newspaper because they have like uh, seven newspapers from Fleet Street, you know, and they had different editions all day long uh, of different newspapers. So they'd always have the newspaper there. There weren't many pages to each newspaper, but you're right. They'd wrap it, the fish and chips, because it would get very oily, uh, and they would give it to you like in a cone. Right, so you'd have so you had newspaper print on the coating of your fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, anyway, anyway, but the the other thing, what was the other question you asked? You, you, there was another good one you asked. Uh, oh, I, oh, the, I the, the main oh, one. I think of the Russian, the Russian thing. Russian thing. All right, is the Russian answer? Is it Twix bars? Twix bars. Oh, you are so close. I wow. mean, you're, you're the closest yet. Uh, the closest yet, Kevin, with the uh, Twix bars. Oh, you can't. Wow, I don't think you could get any closer. You're like breathing on it. Breathing on it. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Philip in Bay Ridge. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Philip. Hey, morning. My guess is either Starbucks or McDonald's. Well, Starbucks, yes, the Russians are addicted to Starbucks. Uh, but uh, uh, the uh, owner-operator, the founder, who actually uh, grew up in the uh, Bayview Projects in Canarsie, uh, did not give out free samples, and uh, they they have other coffee joints now that they've gotten used to. Uh, so they've closed the Starbucks uh, as part of the uh, lockout of Russia for invading Ukraine, and they've closed the Mickey D's. So, yeah, they're probably addicted to McDonald's, but not as bad. Not as bad as this one product that was given to almost every Russian in 1992. You could go into any daca, dacha. You could go where the serfs are, the indentured servants. Uh, it doesn't matter. They all have this product in their house. Okay, one more thing. I saw Guardian Angels when I was in Malmo. Yes, we have Guardian Angels in Malmo. In fact, uh, the gangs in Malmo are really bad in Gothenburg and in Stockholm, they have a lot of North Africans, uh, the gangs, many that came from the Balkans, Serbia, uh, Albania, Kosovo, settled there because, you know, it's a very liberal, progressive uh, area. So everything's free. Everything's like uh, social services. And they got some really bad gang problems. So before, you'd have to take the ferry. Uh, from Copenhagen in Denmark over to Malmo. Now they got the bridge that connects it, Philip. But yeah, yeah. How long ago were you in Malmo? Oh, uh, maybe a, a decade. We didn't take the ferry. There was these really fast hydro boats, I guess you call it, kind of yep. like loaded on the water. Yep. And everybody drunk as skunks on there. No passport checks, nothing. We just got off the boat and walked around. Nothing. Exactly. The Malmo, uh, the first time we were invited there, they were having the European championships, the uh, soccer championships. And, you know, all the thugs uh, who follow their football uh, teams, they spell football with a U, uh, you know, kickball, the fake phony fraudulent football, they spell with a U, soccer, instead of American smash mouth football. So all these gangs, they follow their, their teams, and then they would go to Malmo to fight each other uh, before – and after the games, and then we'd have to be there to break it up because the Swedish cops fill up weak, soft, afraid of their own shadow. At one time, there must have been a great city, Port City. One time, there must have been a great little city. 
Yeah, well, uh, Malmo is, Gothenburg, Stockholm. I, I just don't like the weather. Oftentimes it's dreary, it's gray, it's overcast, it's drizzling. You know, the suicide rate in in Sweden is the highest in all of Scandinavia. Really? Yeah, and I, I think I understand why. <laughs> you know, they have that, that Swedish toast. Did you ever have that Swedish toast? No. They call it Swedish toast. You know, you buy it in a box in the local grocery store. I lived on that with Ludafisk and Fiskaballs for a month because our budget was so low. I wanted to impale myself. You got a good sense of humor. You got a great show, and I hope uh, you keep it up because it's enjoyable. Do appreciate that. A lot of square heads in Bay Ridge, you know, Norwegians. Yeah, they think uh, Eric the Red, Leif Erikson discovered the new world. Yeah, knock yourself out. Greenland, New Brunswick there in the the, uh, provinces. uh, right near Halifax. Yeah, really? You really think you, you guys, the squareheads, this guy? My father loved the Norwegians, the squareheads, because he said they were the greatest seamen of all time. A lot of friends he had, merchant seamen who were Norwegians. He would take me to Bay Ridge 3rd Avenue for the annual parade. Leif Erikson, Eric the Red Parade. All the Norwegian flags, the squareheads. Hey! I said, Dad, we know Christopher Columbus discovered the New World. He said, you don't say that here. Just patronize them. Just tell the squareheads. Yep, was Leif Erickson and Eric the Red. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. I had a dream We were sipping whiskey neat Highest floor of the Bowery And I was high enough Somewhere along the lines We stopped seeing eye to eye You were staying out all night And I had enough No, I don't want to know Where you've been or where you're going But I know I won't be home And you'll be on your own It ain't me. This could be the theme song for Dr. Fauci, as now the Ruskies are claiming that we have biological labs in the Ukraine uh, as test sites, almost like our version of Wuhan, right? I wouldn't put it past Fauci. (laughs) I wouldn't just totally discount the Russians when they claim that America has sponsored and supported biological labs in the Ukraine. I mean, look at what Fauci has done. Not only supported that biological uh, center in Wuhan that he lied about at first, but then remember he took those dogs. Oh, my God, those dogs. And he subcontracted out the testing of those dogs to Tunisia. And they tortured those dogs. Remember, they had sand fleas eat them up. Eat them up. For what purpose? So right away, you're going to see news accounts of this as the Russians are claiming that the United States was uh, supporting biological testing in parts of the Ukraine. I would not put it past Dr. Fauci at all. He lied about Wuhan. He never told us about the beagles, how they tortured beagles, subcontracted it out to the Tunisians. Uh, And now 
I'm supposed to believe Fauci if he says no. Ixnay. I'll give the Russians the benefit of the doubt on that one. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to John in Westchester. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Johnny. Yeah, I was thinking those Twizzlers licorice or maybe Crunch. Okay, so the Nestle's Crunch Bar or the licorice, right? Yeah. You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. Okay. But you're close. You're close. You're close. Name I was thinking of, Night Angel. Ooh, I like that. Night Angel as the new name uh, because uh, Frank Morano had a hissy fit the other night and declared that we can no longer call ourselves the weekend version of The Other Side of Midnight. So he made he made such a stink of it that he brought it to the suits, the mockers, the muckety mucks, the capo de tutti of WABC, our general manager, uh, who is uh, Chad Lopez, and our owner and operators of our parent company, Red Apple, John and Marco Katsimatidis. And so now I have to change the name. Can you believe that, John? It's a little silly, but anyway, you could spell night with a K or with without the K. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Thank you, John. Little silly and a little petty of Frank Morano. And again, the origin of all this is ever since I lost the election, A, there are bumper stickers out there now, eight eight weeks after Eric Adams' victory, right? When I, no, it was inauguration. Uh, don't blame me. I voted for Sliwa. That's how bad the crime problem is. But the origin of this is five days after I lost the election, John Katsimatidis uh Rolled out the red carpet, welcomed me back to WABC, said ABC stands for the acronym Always Broadcasting, Curtis. Uh, I have a 30-year lifetime contract, and I started doing the weekends. Uh, then I did uh, the other side of midnight uh, weekends, uh, early Saturday mornings like this one and early Sunday mornings. Uh, Frank had no problem with that. The only time he took a hissy fit is the ratings came in that indicated he had the highest ratings ever of overnight radio, uh, of talk radio at WABC, ever since we uh, we changed from spinning stacks of wax top 40 in America to news talk radio. Uh, outdid even the great Alan B. Combs. We miss him dearly. Did great theater of the mind overnight. And the guy who had uh, been the best before, Art Bell, that Looney Kazuni from Parts of the Unknown, Grew up in Patterson. His father was the superintendent of a building, and he was there in the fourth ward up the hill, sitting on his, uh, what he called his uh, tar roof. Because actually you had the uh, tar up on the roof uh, with the uh, tar paper. And on a hot summer night, he'd be taking that Sony transistor radio, put it to his ear, and would listen to Long John Nebel and Candy Jones do Theater of the Mind from WMCA, which was the number one news talk station at that point along the Northeast Corridor. Frank has gotten uh, better ratings than uh, them, but won't give me any credit since, I mean, I'm two of the days. He's five. You would think that I'm one-third of the time, but no, he objects. He claims, no, the ratings only exist for Monday through Friday. That's a lie. And so now I'm forced to have to change the name of the show. But you know something? I will. And we will persevere. Let's go to Freddie calling from Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Freddie. Curtis, uh, 
why don't you tweak Morano, just change the words around a little and use After Midnight and use the Clapton uh, song as a theme song. His uh, Morano's theme song is like being at the dentist's office. There's no energy there, you know? So that might work After Midnight as the name of the, song, uh, as, uh, name of the show. Uh, and as far as the candy, what about Tootsie Roll? Tootsie Roll, oh, Tootsie Roll, oh, let's face it. It's hard to find Tootsie Roll any longer like it used to be so available when we were kids. Hard to, but you're close, but no 10-cent cigar. You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong, but great idea, Freddie. I like that. After Midnight and then Eric Clapton doing his riff. Some of you still believe he's the greatest guitar player of all time. And remember, he's uh, part of that opposition, along with Van Morrison. Uh, no, they don't want to be uh, inoculated. They don't want any masks. They bled that. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy, who's calling from Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jimmy. Hey, uh, Curtis from Canarsie. Jim from Jersey. Fish and chips. Wax paper. Give Ireland back to the Irish, and I'm hanging up on you first tonight. Bye-bye. Give Ireland back to the Irish? It is Ireland. I guess he meant Northern Ireland, like Belfast and Derry. They have what, that movie out there now, Belfast? Has anybody seen that movie? I've seen the advertisements. The kid looks all wide-eyed and bushy-tailed looking at the flicks in the movie house. Has anybody seen that brand-new movie, Belfast? It looks good to me. I'd love to. Look, uh, that's the one thing I missed out on when I was over in uh, the U.K., when I was in Glasgow and Scotland, Cardiff and Wales, and in Dublin in Ireland when I visited uh, Finlock, Coolock, Valley Fairmont, Valley Fairmont, that large uh, high-rise tower. And, oh, man, hey, rough, right near the airport. Ah, well, rough Irish guys. They'd slit your throat as soon as uh, talk to you. But I never had the opportunity. I should have taken advantage of it. They wanted to take me out. In fact, what was it? The uh, uh, I Irish uh, National Radio, trying to remember the call letters, wanted to take me to Belfast and Derry get my opinion of what it was like. Uh, there was not the peace accord yet, the uh, Easter Sunday peace accord. What was that, Palm Sunday? Was it Easter Sunday? No, no, no that was a massacre, right? Uh, the Palm, well, what was the accord called? one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. And as I digress, you had Sinn Féin, and then you had the IRA. The IRA was the military wing of the... Uh, Sinn Féin, you had uh, Jerry Adams, uh, who was the uh, political leader. I think McGinnis was the uh, IRA leader. But who was the leader of the Republic Republicans? And I don't mean the Republicans of the United States, but the supporters of the crown. He was a loony kazuni from parts unknown when he was a member of the European Parliament. And the Pope had made a visit. He held up a sign that said the Pope is an anti is the Antichrist. Who am I talking about? And uh, what was the um, accord called that was organized by Senator George Mitchell, 
formerly of Maine, at the behest of Bill Clinton and then uh, Tony Blair, I believe. Although George uh, Mitchell, uh, who was uh, part of that old Epstein situation, oh, what a mess. Pedophiles on a pedestal. Remember one of the uh, young ladies accused not only George Mitchell of uh, preying upon underage girls on uh, Pedophile Island, right there off the Virgin Islands, but George Richardson, who had been the uh, governor of New uh, of New Mexico, the procurer for Bill Clinton when he was president, tried to get Monica Lewinsky a job, and a, a, a regular visitor to the evil seed of Kim Jong mentally ill behind the the rice cake curtain of uh, North Korea. He was implicated. Barack, the former prime minister of Israel, was implicated. And yes, Bill Gates. His wife indicated that one of the reasons she divorced him was his friendship with the pedophile on a pedestal, Epstein. Bill Gates was seen many times at Bill Gates' mansion in New York City. The largest mansion, I might add, in New York City. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Eddie, who's calling from Dutchess County. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Eddie. Hey, how you doing, Dr. Curtis? Well, I got an idea for the name of your show. Go for it. All right, we're going to go with Talk the Talk and Walk the Walk with Curtis Lewa. I like that. Talk the Talk and Walk the Walk with Curtis Lewa. Oh, that's so good. Oh, yeah. Man, these are these are good names. Now, I I wish I could have a preference. I'm not I'm not perf- I'm not given a preference. I have to leave it up to the uh uh, the discussions that will take place amongst the suits, the mockers, the muckety mucks at WABC. But Eddie, I think this is a show stopper. Okay, my man. Thank you, thank Keep you, Eddie. Good work. Our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to uh, Tim, who's calling from Long Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Timmy. Good morning, Curtis. How about this for a name? It's a play on Mad Max, Night Rider. With always broadcasting, Curtis. Ooh, I like that. Night Rider with always broadcasting, Curtis. That is so good as a uh, sort of takeoff on Mad Max, right? Exactly. What about the candy? Is it Kit Kat? Mm, no, but so close, George. I mean, Tim, so close. Wow. So many of you are on the periphery. Let me, let me. Explain to you what we started the program with. There was a particular American product that is still being exported to Russia. Uh, This is amazing. Still being exported to Russia. It's a $2 billion business that America does not want to give up. The Russians are addicted to this product. If Vladimir Putin cannot get this product into the bellies of his... uh, fellow Russians, they will definitely uh, rebel. They will oust him within two weeks. They're so hopelessly addicted. Started in 1992 when I was in Moscow, I actually saw them distributing these products to everybody, men, women, children, the elderly, the infirm, those who were survivors of World War II uh, against the Nazi hordes. 20 million Russians were killed in that war. Uh, They had it. Youngsters had it. Uh, Immigrants had it. 
Uh, people from Azerbaijani, people from Georgia had it, even though they had to have papers to be in Moscow because the cops said, oh, they have banded faces. I said, how do you know uh, they're bandits? Oh, look at them. They have banded faces. The people from uh, Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, and especially from Tashkent in Uzbekistan. Oh, yeah, they have banded faces. I said, how do you know they're bandits? Look at them. And they better have papers. Where are your papers? one 800 848 Let's go to Jack in Boston. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jack. Uh, Butterfingers is a Russian candy, no? Butterfingers? Jack, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. Close. Ever so close. Let's go to John in his truck in Westchester. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Johnny. Hey, Curtis, you're the man as usual. Thank hey, pineapple, pineapple cheese strudel. Pineapple cheese strudel? Yeah, from Antamin. Oh, God. And you know, now, John, you ought to figure this out. What was the side hustle that the drivers had, not only for Antamin's, but Drake's Cake, when they would make deliveries to the stores, supermarkets, to homes? What was the money they would make on the side, John? Oh, man. You know what? Uh, Curtis, I heard you say that, but before you hang up on me, I like Morano, but you know what? When I heard him talking about Mike from Manhattan, you wasted time on Mike from Manhattan. Curtis, you by far are far above pretty much anybody in WABC. Cashman Petey knows that. And uh, whatever name you come up with, I, I like that schmoozing with Sliwa. You know, a couple of the other names are good. But, Curtis, you are the man, and you do have a higher calling than the mayor of New York. You know that. No. Uh, look, uh, people are now distributing uh, bumper stickers. Uh, they were at Whitestone, Vicky Palladino's club the other night. I appeared with Andrew Giuliani's running for governor. Republican primary against Lee Zeldin, Bob Astorino, Harry Wilson. Uh, the polls say that Andrew is ahead. I'm supporting Andrew, obviously, with his father, uh, Michael Mbaricic, Rudy Giuliani. But they were giving out bumper stickers. Don't blame me. I voted for Sliwa. You're probably going to start seeing them in College Point, in uh, Bayside, in Whitestone, because crime has doubled under Eric Adams. 200% increase in the subways alone last week. His police commissioner missing in action, although she made an appearance with uh, John Katsimatidis on the 5 o'clock roundtable. But it's not been to the precincts. It's not been to the transit police precincts or the public housing precincts. And the uh, men and women, their morale is uh, almost at an all-time low. Uh, That was a good idea. Let's go to Michael in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Mike. Oh, let's go to Michael in the Bronx. That's right. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Michael. Hi, Curtis. Was it the Dove Bar? The Dove Bar. Oh, that was the favorite of my mother, Francesca. She couldn't get enough Dove Bars. Uh, she didn't like the haagen She didn't like the Ben & Jerry's. Uh, she didn't like the good humor bars. She didn't like the Eskimo pies. Are we permitted to call them Eskimo pies any longer, Mike? Remember the Eskimo pies? Not. No, change culture on that, too. 
Yeah, she didn't like the uh, the ice cream sandwich that came out of Pittsburgh. I'm trying to remember the name of that. The Klondike. She didn't like that one. But she she loved the Dove Bar. But, Michael, you couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. They're going to have to uh, relegate this to the uh, catacombs of uh, musical selections. This uh, piece was specially uh, created by the bad boy of uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, David Crosby. Remember, I had taken their back in their arguments against Spotify. They wanted their playlist removed, along with Joni Mitchell, a fellow Canadian, with uh, Neil Young, who started it all against uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, by the way, Joe Rogan, who uh, apparently makes, uh, what, $200 million, not $100 million from Spotify. And I think he'll be interviewing former President uh, Donald Trump. Not sure. Uh, but uh, I sided with Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. And in honor of that, David Crosby, uh, knowing that I uh, did the uh, weekend version of The Other Side of Midnight, crafted this song. Best song, not like Frank's song. It's some garage band, junior high school band song. I don't know. He gets all for toots over that. But Frank uh, did get uh, extraordinary ratings, highest ever at WABC overnights uh, for News Talk Radio, and would not give me any credit for my two mornings. Claims it's only a rating from Monday through Friday, and then insisted that that I not uh, be able to use... uh, the weekend edition of The Other Side of Midnight. Listen to him. This may be the last time I play this song, Frank. Some of the listeners have wanted me to call the weekend segment of The Other Side of Midnight another, give it another name, since it's different than yours. I, I agree. You're ruining our show's reputation. We work hard for this show. And don't need you uh, taking 13-minute calls from... Uh, uh, Mike in Manhattan about nonsense, about James K. Polk and how I don't talk enough about the Mexican-American War. Uh, pick a new name. And that's why I've been uh, soliciting all of you to come up with a new name. Uh, by next weekend, we'll have a new name. But then then another violation uh, of this pact, this thing of ours we have in talk radio. Frank... Uh, Loves to fancy himself as a whistleblower and got me in trouble with HR here at WABC. You know, he was talking about uh, my exposing, my whistleblowing of Curtis putting his in the mini wheat jar. The frosted mini wheats. You know, sometimes there's such a small amount of time between the end of an hour and the beginning of the programming, although... uh, We are going to be suggesting that the news guy who did the weekend edition of the news, Frank Diaz, uh, either go for a lung uh, x-ray because he was (gasps) wheezing. I don't know if he was using uh, an inhaler. Maybe he's got asthma or maybe he was vaping. Uh, Maybe he was vaping not a tobacco product, but uh, uh, recreational marijuana. But I was listening to him and, you know, I just got all spun up in that. But HR, uh, 
You know, they have this algorithm now. You know, it's like Zuckerberg, he pioneered that with Facebook, a.k.a. Meta now. <laughs> Meta. Meta. Unbelievable. Meta world peace, right? Uh, but he pi- pioneered using algorithms. And so HR here uses algorithms because when we're broadcasting 24-7-365, uh, talk radio hosts or hostesses are prone possibly to say one of the seven words that are forbidden by the FCC. Uh, George Carlin did a great routine on that. And it'll, uh, it'll pick that out. Well, they picked out what uh, Frank Morano had said about me putting my hands on the frosted mini wheats in the back. So they went to the to the, the time. They looked at the timestamp. When was that? Then they looked at the video and they saw my hand going in at the top of the frosted mini wheats instead of the bottom, where you got to turn the circular. Hey, it's sort of like uh, uh, like you have a silo for uh, wheat. And they cold busted me, and they're taking an hour from me. Uh, just 24 hours from now. Normally, I would have done a six-hour show. Um, it's going to be five hours. So that's the penalty, they said, for putting my maybe COVID-19 laced hands on the frosted mini wheat. And how did that all happen? Because Frank Morano ratted me out. Well, look, this will continue. We will come up with a new name. We won't let this uh, deter us from our mission. Anyway, let's go to Tommy in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tommy. Sure it is. We've had better days. I know that. I still think that the best name for your show will be Welcome to Midnight Madness with your host, Curtis Sliwa, theater of the mind extraordinaire, WABC. I love that. That's good. That's good, Tom. Listen, I think the quad ball or the zero ball were the two balls that you were talking about, Candy. What do you think? Was it? Wow. The Clark bar or the zero bar? Well, it wasn't the zero bar. And it wasn't named after the uh, New York Yankee, Horace Clark, that's for sure. Uh, uh, Tom, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. You imagine we went through five hours of programming. And nobody was able to determine what the American product that was force-fed into the mouths of hungry Russians in 1992. I know I witnessed it myself. And now they've uh, developed such an addiction to it that if you, if the United States does not export any more of these products, it could lead to riots, insurrection, and the uh, replacement of Vladimir Putin as their czar. I guess we'll have to try same time, same place in less than 24 hours where they're taking an hour from me as a penalty for me putting my hands on the frosted mini wheats. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
buying, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.